previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. They've got no idea what gameplay style to go in, so they thought, you know, let's just go back and ruin one of our old classics. This is akin to a filmmaker deciding to remake Aliens or Die Hard. There's nothing, is there, in the past ten years that points to what I'm hoping for. People have said that to me. They've said, Batman, you've been a miserable git. All will be forgiven if there's a mention of Tyler Hamilton. I, I'm going to ask them, what, what would people want to see? I would like to fire up the internet in the morning and have the announcement that it's been cancelled. <laughs> Welcome to episode 32 of the Project Umbrella podcast. More diverse than any Oscars nomination process, and wondering when Brazil will be nuked to wipe out the Zico virus. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune. Let's see who's joining us on the podcast today. He's had more reimaginings and interpretations in the book of Genesis. It's Batman. Hello. He's living in the sky with Tim Peake. It's Star's Tyrant. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and finally, he enjoys pestering Premier League chairman. It's George Trevor. <laughs> Hello. Coming up on today's podcast, we're we'll looking at all the latest news, and uh, we're going to be followed by a brief discussion on the crazy game Umbrella Corps. The main discussion of tonight's podcast is <laughs> Resident Evil Zero in high definition on glorious HD. Uh, before finishing off, of course, with this uh, podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So, without further ado, let's move over to the news. So, uh, the first bit of news is that the third Resident Evil CG film has been announced. Yay. Entitled Resident Evil the something. It's coming out in <laughs> 2017. Is that, com- is that confirmed it's going to begin with the D <laughs> and, be, and be, the, be the 3D trilogy? Something like that. I'm, I'm sure it will. I have faith that it's going to be the degradation. Oh, there hasn't been a title, has there? No. <laughs> Listeners, there has not been an official title, but I'm, I'm going to plump for degradation. Resident Evil defibrillation. Defibrillation. <laughs> what is that to bring it back from life support? <laughs> Bloody needs it, the series. Anyway, so um, just to fill you with some hope and then we'll crush it in a victorious blow. We've got Chris Redfield and Rebecca Chambers starring in it, yes. but it's going to be offset by the sad appearance of Leon S. Kennedy with his monotonal output. Uh, so far we've got one piece of concept art that's been released showing uh, a dilapidated old building but no words on a Resident plot. Resident Evil dilapidation. <laughs> Resident Evil Decay, they may as well just call it that. One of them, one of them. This has not been handled by the same team that did Degeneration and Damnation and will be developed with a company called Marza Amination Planet in conjunction with Capcom. So... Is anyone excited about this? Yes. Yes, Just sure. From the, from the point of view of bringing Rebecca back. 
Well, she's got a bit of an ensemble after all these years. She's back. I'm really excited just from the fact that it's not bringing in Paul Anderson and this. You know, this is actually a canon official film. Because I, re- I really enjoy these, just literally from that point of view, that we get to see Resident Evil on the big screen. And, um, yeah, just the fact that it kind of, to me, it almost pushes that Paul Anderson rubbish yep. to the sidelines each time we do get a CGI movie. I'm interested to see an expansion of Leon and Chris's relationship as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Are we going to assume it's post-Resident Evil 6? It will be, yeah. I imagine uh, it'll be set between 6 and 7, because I'm sure Resident Evil 7 will be well on the way by the time this film comes out. Mm. Yeah, They'll probably do that pointless lead-in thing again, where it has no relevance to it at all. But it's been, uh, it's been executively produced by the chap who did the original Grudge film in Japan. And with the concept art being like an old mansion, hopefully this film might be a bit more horror orientated. Yes, it, the script was written by Mako, Mako, Mako <laughs> Oto Fukami, uh, who did a about that, a TV series in Japan. He also wrote a manga called The Torture Club, which I'm, I'm sure is thrilling. Um, it's going to be directed by Takanori Shinji Moto, and it will be supervised by Capcom's Hiroyaki Kobayashi. Booyashaka, yeah, that one works. (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested because I always think the CG films have been not hit and miss, because I think generally I'd say they've been fairly entertaining. Degeneration was the much better film, but Damnation had the super tyrants. Yeah. And Damnation was great because we actually saw an actual biohazard in a war. I mean, Mm. this was before Resident Evil 6, so that I suppose that had uh, Edonia and things like that, but Damnation was the first to see liquors and super tyrants actually being deployed and used in a kind of war zone situation. Is anyone else sort of curious by this sudden addition of of Rebecca Chambers out of the blue, not just in the CGI film, but, you know, in the play as well, because it would have made sense to me, had it been in the lead-up to the Zero HD, you could imagine them trying to make that character more prominent in the lead-up to that game, but as it's after the game's been released, it seemed interesting. I mean, I'm really pleased, like Batman said, and stars, yeah, it just seemed slightly odd choice, do you not think? The timing of it is more than coincidental. It must have, there must have been some sort of discussion to bring her back to tie in, at least with the, mm. the timing of Zero's re-release. Mm. And I imagine the cashing in on the success of bringing Barry Burton back in Revelations as well. Yes, because I mean that went down very well, and mm. his return didn't feel too shoehorned in or cliched, even though he spoke I'm just, cliched. I'm just pretty delighted because Rebecca was always of like the the main cast members that have starred in the game. She's always been like one of the great mysteries. You know, the mm. only thing is people will be saying they'll be bloody bringing Billy back now. And We have rumours of Carlos, don't we? We have rumours of Carlos appearing in uh, Heavenly Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a, uh, no, I could see Carlos with oh, all those, yeah, those bikinis. Though. Yeah, Carlos would like that. <laughs> Basically, Claire contacts Chris for help, but he's busy on another mission. But he says, don't worry, I have the perfect man from the South American branch to come and help you. And the way he says it is like really cryptic, as if it might be Carlos, so, but it could be someone so just, completely different. Just as a brief aside then, being as this is the legendary tie-in to Revelations 2, um, <laughs> what issue are we on at the minute? Oh, they're not even halfway oh. through. I have literally not opened it. I've looked at the cover. I knew what what was coming. I don't know why I ordered it. Mahawa Desire had five volumes, and the third volume of Heavenly Island is coming out in Japan next week. <laughs> and Revelations 2 is already, what, a year old? <laughs> there were some redeeming features in Mahawa Desire, I felt. When the actual zombie outbreak happened in the school, there was some quite good imagery. Yeah, mm. yeah.
So, um, in terms of how well the remake HD done, it was the second best-selling PlayStation Network title in the whole of 2015. Wow. Which is extremely impressive. Coming that second, sounds, yeah. Only yeah. coming second to FIFA, which of course remains ever popular, despite Pro Evo <laughs> being the better football game this year. But, you know, that, that's another discussion. It, it beat Call of Duty, Black Ops, but that shit, Battlefield 4, never played it, and Star Wars Battlefront, which doesn't have a campaign mode, so therefore sucks. So it did very well. I was going to say, is that not pretty damn incredible? I'd say it's very well. For a game that is, a, you know, very old, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's an outdated, you know, old-fashioned... But, sorry, is it outdated, though, in terms of now? I mean, does that not show that there is a demand for these no, games? No, that's what I'm saying. For, you know, it, for to be honest, I mean, I think... I was saying this to, to John the other day. I think um, with the realm of gaming like it is at the minute, which is so handheld and corridor cutscene-driven bollocks... I think the fact that you actually have a game which just allows you to think a little bit and actually builds atmosphere, I think, you know, ironically, it's a retro title, but it's probably the biggest breath of fresh air a lot of people have played in the last couple of years. I think they must be kicking themselves for doing the GameCube exclusive deal. Oh, they must be. Now, looking back, yeah. um... Because they know how well Resident Evil 4 performed on PlayStation 2. It's interesting to think, if the remake come out on the PlayStation 2, how different the series might be now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It wouldn't have looked as good, but... That's neither here nor there. If it had done as well as perhaps it's now doing on the PlayStation Network, Stars Time just said Resident Evil 4 could have possibly oh, still been like the fog. Of <laughs> oh my god! It might have only delayed the inevitable because of the rise of the popularity of you know mindless. I remember, I remember at the time being a really loyal GameCube owner, and you're just surrounded by all these PlayStation 2 consoles, and I just could never understand why the GameCube just never took off. I presume, you know, maybe you had, there was a lack of adult titles on it, but yeah, it was a shame you had remake on it and Zero, and it was just such a limited audience. I think it was just the juggernaut of the PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. to be honest. It was, I mean, it was just so big. A machine that you know, and the interesting thing is, like the PlayStation 4 is every bit as big in terms of user base, hasn't yes. it? Now outsold the PS2 already, or something silly like that. Has it really? It's huge. So it's no wonder, really, that the digital sales for the remake were as big as they were, because it's just evidently that established audience, if you like. Well, I would really look forward to see if Capcom make any specific decision in their development process now, based on that figure that Neptune just said with the PlayStation 4 sales. Well, I've got some rumours with some HD titles, and we'll get to that uh, in a bit later on. If we stick with uh, sales figures, following on from the remake, Capcom have updated all their reports, saying that Resident Evil 5 has now broken the 7 million sales yes. records. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it was a book, it would be good. <laughs> Keep going, Resident Evil 5. <laughs> just keep powering okay, let's, on. Let's, let's quell these things, because Resident Evil 6 is just behind at 6.4 million. What? I wonder if um, the Gold Edition coming out on the PC actually had a bit of surge in that last year as well, because the expanded episodes came out on PC last year for the first time. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I wonder, if, I wonder if that helped. Yeah, when they turned the games for Windows Live servers off for PC version of 5, they converted it to Steam, so it uses the Steam servers, and uh, they ported all the Gold Edition content over. Oh. So you can actually have, like, the best version of Lost in Nightmares on that PC. That fantastic on PC. Uh, yeah. Revelations 2 sold 1.6 million. That's not high. Considering it was over, what, four consoles and download? Then it was a much lower price, wasn't it? Fully-fledged yeah. retail title. It'd be interesting to note what their sales expectations were, but I think regardless of it, 
it could be said that it started, it could be said that in years to come it was the genesis of the return to um, a bit more darker oriented. Hopefully. Game. But then we're going to get onto this in a bit, aren't we? We are. What fun I'm going to have. <laughs> <laughs> Revelations 1 sold 1.5 million, which is pretty good, actually. I need to actually pick it up. I sold my uh, 3DS version. Couldn't handle it on hand console. I didn't think it was very good, so I'm going to pick up on PlayStation 3, so I'll be helping that. And Remake HD has already sold 1.2 million. But those figures, so- I mean, sorry, 7 million for... Five and 6.4 million for 6 and then if you're really expecting Remake 2 to be pre-rendered with camera angles and tank controls <laughs> it's not gonna no I had this thought you know what possible release of Resident Evil 2 Remake is going to satisfy most set fans and what possible there isn't one that's the point yeah that's the exact point there isn't unless you're gonna do a shot for shot remake I will say the mini factory section in Zero HD is glorious it looks absolutely fantastic there's your Resident Evil it's... 2 remake condensed into five minutes yeah if they basically remade every camera angle in that style in the remake in Zero style I get the fact that they'd have to re-record the dialogue being not great quality for HD presentation so you get like Leon's new voice actor you get Alison Corton against the... Uh, they won't do any of this, it's just hypothetically speaking. If they did that, kept every set piece the same, every cutscene the same, just remastered them, then yes, I would say thank you. But it's just not going to. And we know it's not. And all these people who think it's going to be done in a respectful way, just oh, we don't need to go down this road again. If they did Remake 2 the way they did Remake, I'd be a happy bunny. They can add to it as well. If, if they want to take the opportunity to sort out the maps, to make sure Resident Evil 2 RPD works with the Resident Evil 3 RPD, and the I think there's oil drums, isn't there, at the back that doesn't quite work with... Uh, Resident Evil 3 maps, if they want to you know, to have longer in the streets after leaving Kendo to get to the RPD I'm more than happy with, with them doing that It burns my soul to hear you say that. Why? Because I just don't think Capcom will, will do it I don't even think they'll fix the Nemesis window you know, No, that's, no, that's... no that, that's something. wouldn't you want a little bit extra like you got in Remake, such as like Lisa Trevor and all, in Remake you got to go outside a bit more? I know, but all the stuff that was added to Remake was deleted material from the original Biohazard Whereas all the deleted stuff from Resident Evil 2 relates to 1.5, which had a completely different story. So if they do put new things in there, it would be completely new material, which means it could easily clash with the Outbreak games Mm. and stuff. But I think the fact that Police Station is playable in Resident Evil 3 as well is a massive hint to suggest that Resident Evil 3 HD is also being worked on. They're just not ready to announce it yet. Because it would be stupid to redesign the RPD in the remake of Resident Evil 2, yet you still play through the old one on the GameCube in Resident Evil 3. Mm. Anyway, other news, which we're going to be talking about later, but um, Capcom have announced that the Umbrella Corpse game is going to come out on PlayStation 4 and PC via download in May in North America and Europe, and May the 12th in Japan. So this is the rather crazy-looking multiplayer uh, shooter, which to me looks like a horror movie uh, more than anything else. Uh, will support one to six players, and it's geared towards the competitive shooting elements rather than any story. Interestingly, the website had some slightly contradictory information about if there is a story to this or not. There is a single player mode, it's called The Experiment, and uh, helps players who are playing in the uh, multiplayer game to familiarise themselves with the world of Umbrella in 20 different missions with different objectives and outcomes. Uh, and players will be taken all around the biohazard world looking at uh, Umbrella Laboratories, Village uh, from Resident Evil 4, and Kajuju was teased, I think, at the last trailer in Resident Evil 5. 
Interestingly, we also have Tricell's main headquarters, and that certainly raised an eyebrow. Um, we've got Zombies, Ganados, Magini, and other BAWs will also make an appearance in this game. And then there'll be a physical version on disc available in Japan, which will also come with the soundtrack. Very nice. So, I wonder, generally, is there anyone excited about this game? I must admit, when I saw the second trailer, I thought the village from Resident Evil 4 looked gorgeous. I'm honestly quite looking forward to playing through it again. God damn it, Capcom. <laughs> They've got me again, the bastards. <laughs> but there was some explanation as to why there's Ganados oh. there. <laughs> um, uh, a natural random outbreak that was discovered or something, as opposed to the one Salazar dug up. Well, it's, it's the remnants of the Plagas that were still there after Resident <laughs> yeah. Evil 4. It's a bit contrived. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about, and all I can hear is Sean making his noises, and I just guessed from the noises, Sean, it's Umbrella Core, isn't it? It's the pain I can hear Sean in. Yes, we're just discussing that the Ganados appear back in the same village. It's a bit contrived. The official explanation is it was quarantined off after the Los Illuminados were destroyed, but locals who had lived there all the lives have breached the quarantine to reclaim their home and were infected by wild plague still in the area. It's not beyond the realms of possibility, I suppose. No, I've heard worse. So what about the Magini in Kajuju? Because well, we know that that was... We don't know, do we? We don't know yet. No. But there will be some... fire bombs, wasn't it? Well, TerraServe went in, didn't they? And... Oh, yes, we saw it in... Yes, they did. So, I honestly don't know. I'm sure they'll come up with some ridiculous explanation, but I was sort of expecting these Resident Evil 4 maps and Resident Evil 5 maps to just be, like, multiplayer modes. I didn't think they'd be part of the single-player canon. I was just going to say, we can kind of tread back onto the canon bit very briefly. I think that's what's going to be our main discussion. What is canon? What isn't canon? I think it's difficult to ascertain quite at this stage. Well, obviously, when the game was first announced, it was heavily criticised because it was announced as just a pure multiplayer online shooter. But since then, Capcom have said quite publicly that it is canon, and then they've announced this single-player mode called The Experiment. And at the end of the trailer, you can clearly hear DC Douglas's Albert Wesker's voice. So there's definitely some story elements to it. It just obviously doesn't have an overarching narrative like Operation Raccoon City did. Mm. Sean, what's your views? I think, as a fan base, we've been bludgeoned around the head that many times with this kind of shit that people are just willing to accept anything now. (laughs) Honestly, and I don't want to offend anyone listening, but these little snippets of story and paragraph, it's just, it's bollocks. It's a multiplayer shooter, and they've put in maps to trigger people's nostalgia, like the village, and they're trying to give you a story canon reason for why the fucking Ganado is still there. This is a series that establishes that it fucking airstrikes places. Why is the fucking village still going to be there? It's just a bollocks piece of information, a fucking paragraph you'll see on a loading screen, and yet you I've been on forums. Forums, there's... There's, there's like pages dedicated to the story consequences of this game in the canon, and it's a fucking multiplayer shooter. Oh my god! What forums are they? There's people talking well, there's about Biohazard is on its second page now. Oh right, well, wow. a third page. I've been on a couple of others. There's one going on. Um, oh god, what is it? The database. Although I can't fucking read it, but it's already <laughs> getting away. The neogaf's aflame with it, and it's like. Oh my god! It... But what about the tricell stuff then? Because all we got in all we got in Revelations was their tricell have gone under with no explanation at all. It was Resident Evil 4 all over again. Yet this is expanded on it—the corporate espionage thing of a rival company <laughs> and bombing and it. 
And people are really excited about that, but it's a hard, it's a multiplayer-based shooter. This is the first time like, I think you and I have really disagreed on something, John. The whole aspect of everything to do with this game, I mean, it looks fucking atrocious, and the only reason people are giving it a free pass is because of potentially the effect it's going to have on the canon. If it was any other title, any other franchise, it would be written off as complete and utter bollocks, because there's nothing in that trailer that looks redeemable, apart from a couple of, you know, the fact that the village does look admittedly quite nice in newer graphics. But the animations are fucking awful, the concept is absolutely terrible, and just because we're going to be given a, a few canon bits, people seemingly giving it a free pass, I can't believe it. I think the fan base is just bludgeoned, and they're just sat there dazed and just saying, Capcom, do anything. Just do anything, Capcom, please. No. And the thing is, I'm still going to buy the fucking thing, and I'm, <laughs> I'm probably still going to go, oh, those actual little bits of canon are quite nice. They'll probably put files in there, which will make me think, fucking hell, this is actually quite good. And I hate the fact that they can do that. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Someone else talk. Oh, I, I agree it's a slap in the face to the fans in terms of it's a game nobody wanted and nobody asked for. But Capcom have always dangled this little fishing rod and said, you know, here's your little, here's your little story. We know you're going to bite. <laughs> the only thing I will say is the canon thing is dangerous because we as a, as a community, we discuss this quite a lot on the, the podcast. We have people like Newsbot who provide us with all the translations and stuff like that. And they've got sources in places in Capcom who can help clarify certain things. But the majority of people who are coming on board to the series, thanks to like the remake and stuff like this, will not be aware that games like Operation Raccoon City are not canon. And so you, you're creating this... Say, for example, you get 500,000 new Resident Evil fans from the result of the sales of the remake. These are people who are going to be looking in the back catalogue and thinking, oh, I might pick up a few of the older titles. What's this Operation Raccoon City I can get for £2 on my Xbox? <laughs> I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick that up. And then these are going to be coming on forums, basically saying to a lot of people... That, uh, this is the canon and what we're getting to the stages where if you don't know how to handpick the canon properly the timeline is, is going to get very distorted and you know you're going to be getting people playing the umbrella chronicles games because they've picked them up in a cheap psn sale and then their opinion of the zero canon is going to be skewed and fucked mm. games like this don't help because they are effectively a multiplayer arena-based shooter with zombies in it wrapped in a bow of canon plot points and files and how do you educate people that this is the canon, this isn't the canon? You can see what I'm trying to say. I'm a bit ranty. No, but... no, George. I'm interested by this thing with the canon. I, I'll ignore everything else to do with the game. First of all, obviously, it shows depressingly now that Capcom don't really care for the quality of the canon. I may be wrong, but I've not been aware that they've specifically referenced the canon on too many previous occasions. I've always thought it was something very much that was a fan term and something that we cherished rather than Capcom even recognising it. So that interested me and obviously depressed me as well that they don't really care about the quality or the integrity of it. But the second thing, on what Sean says, I agree, but people that would buy this game, do you think they would even care about the canon? So at the end of the day, the people that are going to play this game aren't really going to think about the past backstory and the ones like us that do care about the canon shouldn't we just simply dismiss the game well capcom have already said it's aimed at the people who like the mercenaries and raid mode they're the people mm. who are going to buy it but obviously they're dangling these hooks for people like mm. us who want the tri-sell mm. stuff they want the sales the problem is, I, don't, I don't think the brand of just resident evil in general is strong enough to try and sell a multiplayer arena based shooter when there are millions of alternatives 
mm. like your Call of Duties, your Rainbow Six Sieges, your Battlefronts, you know, everything. People are going to gravitate more towards that than they are uh, offshoot digital Resident Evil title. So the whole thing to me just feels like a complete waste of time and resources. But then I did say in the last cast that I think it's probably scraps left of another title that they just want to get rid of. Now, because they want it to be relevant, they've started adding these little canon pieces to it, which clearly weren't around by the time the first trailer came about. Okay, we'll come back to that, because I think we could probably talk about that one forever. Sorry, guys. No, 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 no. It's fucking no, no, no. rant and half on it. We like, we like rants on Project Umbrella. Better news. Something very left field was the announcement of Biohazard the Stage. Uh, I think we discussed it previously. That's coming out on DVD. So we all get to see some weird theatre show production of people looking somewhat a bit like Chris Redfield if they were Japanese. Uh, I, I was a little bit confused about this. Is it like a retelling? Like, you know, like Genesis sort of set in the mansion? The, the no, 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 no. This is a whole new story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this it's is got, uh, it's this got Rebecca in it, hasn't it? Yeah, Rebecca Chambers setting Australia with the uh, oceanic branch of BSAO. Oh yes, of course, uh, yes. The DVD will feature English subtitles, so we can get to know what's going on. Good old Piers is back, which should be very tragic. Doesn't it have um, Sunny Chiba in it? It does, yeah. yeah. Japanese actor. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. Oh, is he quite a high-profile actor? Yeah, he's, he's Hattori Hanzo in Kill Bill, if you've ever seen that. Oh, wow. I'm not aware of this at all, but has actually critical fan feedback been, been good? Has it, has it been embraced? Is it actually a decent play story or whatever? It, not... it has. The reviews that are there, people have been quite impressed with it. They've gone in thinking, you know, Resident Evil on the stage, this is going to be hilarious. But they've, <laughs> but, they've, but they've come out and said, you know what, it's actually quite well done. Yeah, I heard that as well, actually. That's really good, then. I look forward to seeing that. There's plenty of throwbacks to the game. <laughs> like they've actually got English language files that the characters find and the actual oh files God. themselves are projected onto the screen so the audience oh, can see it and it's got like the little sound effect when the page turns and stuff door loading animation green herbs yeah and a Tyrant T103 as well. That sounds pretty promising, actually. I'm just looking at some pictures now. I've not really bothered to research it. And there's flashbacks between Chris and Rebecca back to the mansion where he's got his stars uniform on and she's got her <gasps> a medic uniform on. So we might get tiny little additions to the uh, remake canon. How do we know this is canon, by the way, officially? It's just, obviously, the effort they've gone into it. And like you say, the, the fact they're bringing back Rebecca and they've carefully placed the story in an area where it can fit. Yep. Uh, and just, just the general effort that's gone into it, really. I can't imagine, you know, they'd be releasing it worldwide as a DVD if it was just going to be some non-canon bollocks. Well, I think we'll just have to watch it, really, and judge for ourselves. It was due out at the end of January, but due to massive pre-order demand, it's been delayed for several weeks. There we go. Is there a website available to get it from? There's an official Biohazard Stage website that has links to all the various places you can pre-order it from. But because it's been delayed, I don't think you can pre-order it at many places yet. And I imagine even when it does come out, it'll probably be quite expensive because it's a bit of a collector's item. Mm. I'll definitely grab it. I think so. I used to collect things that added to the storyline, but I think interest in Mahara Desire prevented me from fulfilling that dream. <laughs> So other other news, Gaming.mo has released an in-depth interview with Kenichi Iwa, scenario writer and planner for the original Biohazard and man responsible for creating Jill, Chris and Wesker, and of course the Umbrella Corporation, the T-Virus, well worth a read if you want to know about the origins of the series, which of course is now in its 20th year. Always going to bring Wesker back. 
Yeah, and it was interesting. Yeah. He said he took inspiration from the old fighting fantasy books. Did anyone ever read them? No, I didn't really but know that reference. To be honest, they were amazing. They were like optional stories where you created your own character at the start, and depending on the choices you made, like there was a book called House of Hell. The book split into paragraphs, and at the end of the paragraph, you have a choice of where you want to go. Like yeah. you can either go upstairs and investigate the second floor, or alternatively go into the dining room, turn to this page. It's like a role-playing thing, and it was really, really popular in sort of the late 80s and early 90s. Moving on then, we have some rumours, and I think we might have to discuss this for a bit. Rumour alert in relation to Resident Evil Outbreak HD. Sorry, that's my excuse of excitement. If this is indeed true, we're going to get a quality, high-definition remake of two very underrated, if not fatally flawed, PlayStation 2 games. If brought up to today's technology and specification, would, in my opinion, be highly successful for Capcom. And let's pray and hope that this is a rumour that is true. Have you seen this rumour on anything worthy of any mention? No. <laughs> yeah, but the reason I think this rumour is a good rumour is because mm-hmm. the person who leaked it would not reveal the name of the studio that were working on it. But then another source has found out the name of this studio and contacted them and basically said, Are you working on a Resident Evil HD game? And they just said, No comment, wink, wink, with like a smiley face on their official Twitter page. Oh, they actually oh. said, Wink, wink. Mm. And when they had to apparently sign the confidentiality contracts on the documents was listed the HD remaster of Resident Evil 6 as well, which has already been leaked by the Korean Game Ratings Board, who were the same source that leaked the original Resident Evil Revelations release for the consoles. And if you read the article, they said they've implemented new multiplayer, they've already retextured Outbreak and Below Freezing Point scenarios, and their deadline for the game going gold is May 2016, which means it probably get revealed at either E3 or Tokyo Game Show. Wow, it's all happening a bit too quickly. Creating <laughs> mm. studio, apparently. Apparently they were working on like an Outbreak-style game involving zombies called Infected, I think it was called. And they actually pitched it to Capcom, and Capcom said, well, yeah, this is very good, but we're not going to green light it. But then Capcom came back to them several months later and said, you know what, we want you to remake Outbreak HD, here's all the original assets, and you've got like a year to do it. So, like I say, it could be a load of rubbish, but I I like to think this rumour is a good rumour. I'm just looking at it now. Is it true you're working on a Resident Evil HD game? No comment, and it is a winking smile. (laughs) Fucking hell. And let's face it, a little indie studio will not be working on a remaster of Resident Evil 6, so it could only be Outbreak or Dead Aim. (gasps) Don't say Dead Aim, Jesus. Resident Evil 6 doesn't need remastering. I think it does. Why would you do that? Why would you, sorry, why would you remaster it? For what point and demand? Because it's in 720p, it needs to be in 1080. Well, you can't play it on the current gen for a start. The and PC it, version didn't look that much yeah, in the step up, though, to be honest. It looked pretty poor when it originally came out, so I think it needs some tweaking. I'd buy it. But then, <laughs> I'd buy Umbrella Corps. <laughs> oh, there's so much things that they need to improve for Outbreak to make it a viable game. Remove the infection crap, get rid oh, of yeah. the loading times between doors. All the 
original screens textures existed that were actually downscaled. That's true, yes. Yeah, so I heard this, that all the assets for Resident Evil Outbreak were in high definition anyway, and they had to be downscaled for PlayStation 2, so it wouldn't be much of a stretch to um, get it into into making looking it better than it did. On a positive spin on the Outbreak thing, I think it would find a new audience with fully integrated online modes oh, and good servers. Definitely. You know, it, the problem with that game was it was too early for console mm. gaming, and you know, the infrastructure of online gaming was not in, in the place it, it yeah. needed to be for, to support that game. And I think with the popularity of things like Left 4 Dead, I suppose even the Payday games, because they're quite similar in that they, they take four players and give them like a, a short, like hour-long scenario to work through and stuff like that. It, you know, they just certainly do have their audiences. Isn't Dying Light something similar to that as well? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And let's hope they include Outbreak File 3. <laughs> If they've been given the assets, from what we knew of the, at least the Day in Raccoon scenario did have um, its cutscenes finished, didn't it? Day in Raccoon, there was also, I was told that there was one down by the docks, which was finished. That one was supposed to explain how Rodriguez stole the the Nicks, I believe, which leads into the end of the road scenario. So there's lots there. And William do, Birkin I, was supposed to appear in one of them, wasn't he? Mutated yeah, he's even in the out online trailer. Yeah. You see him in the online trailer. If it does turn out to be true, it would be interesting if they implement voice control rather than the stupid oh, yes. ad-libbing thing. And then it will just be Dead Aim. Left. They'll never remaster Dead Aim, I don't think. Come on, Survivor, come on. We're still, oh, yes. I'm still, still holding out for Ark Thompson's heroic return. <laughs> we'll put the rumours to bed for the time being. I'm sure this will carry on and carry on throughout further Project Umbrella podcasts. So that does conclude the news, which uh, I think there's a lot of uh, this time. No site news. The main sub-discussion won't spend too much time because we had it a while. It's just on Umbrella Court. can come back to the canon issue. I just wanted to interject with the canon and say, I wonder if it's going to fall into the kind of grey canon area in the same way that Survivor 2 is grey canon. It will feature on many a timeline, but it will just be almost like a footnote. So with Survivor 2, uh, you know, they're rescued from Antarctica... Claire falls asleep and has a dream about her past experiences, in brackets, and randomly something she didn't, close bracket. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of it, other than the files. Well, I think people have more or less agreed on that, haven't they? They've said it might not be the literal battles that are canon, but just sort of the overall concept of rival companies hiring mercenaries to go in these quarantine zones and try and collect combat data and samples and things. When you're playing suddenly in a village in Spain, are you actually saying at that particular point you're a nameless, faceless person? There is a biohazard outbreak taking place at that particular point. Are we able to say that in 2015, 2016, there was another reported outbreak in Spain where it happened in 2004? And then there's another one, Kajuju, 
something like that but it depends I mean the details might be so vague it could be impossible to put in any particular timeline I know they've said it's set in the present day but mm. you know no one's asked for this game it doesn't look particularly impressive but at the end of the day it doesn't have a core plot so it can't really harm things all it has is a bit mm. of background information that adds to the overall sort of universe building if you like and minor details such as Tricell's HQ getting bombed is good in my opinion because if we discard that we have absolutely nothing, no clue as to why the company went down other than sure. Boris. I'm just going to have difficulties in it. You know, whilst I can accept in a timeline at this point, you know, there's corporate espionage and Tricell went down, I'm just going to have difficulties in then going and as a result there was a biohazard outbreak where other companies went in and they also went in to the Ganado area. And they also went into Kajuju, and they also went into this other Umbrella Lab. Unless the game says it's now 2000 and... Resident Evil 4 takes place in 2004, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, got one right. <laughs> you know, when you start that map, and it goes, it's now 2005, and you do that, and then you go, oh, I'll play the Resident Evil 5 one, and it's like one year later from Resident Evil 5. I think that would help. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. If it's set from Umbrella's demise in 2003 right up to 2015, that would be better rather than having the whole game set in 2015. I am concerned because it says on the website, when I first read it, I kind of got the impression that it was very much uh, almost like the the Resident Evil universe created for the movies, Mm, in that most of the world is post-apocalyptic with small little pockets, and that's how I, I interpreted it. And that's what I'm slightly concerned about is that, you know, they they go into the village and they get picked up by a helicopter and then they're whisked away to Africa, you know, within the next week or so. I think the premise is there's been so many bioterrorist outbreaks that instead of exterminating them all, large areas have just been completely sealed off. So, you know, there's like a closed off section where zombies will just be able to roam because there's that many of them. That works. And that leads on quite nicely from Resident Evil 5 where you had the autonomous zone. And you've also got, instead of like mercenaries hired by companies to steal data, you've also just got regular sort of thrill seekers who just go in there to shoot some zombies as well. And I find it quite interesting. I compared it to Jurassic World in the fact that Jurassic World was built around this one image of a boy texting on his phone, stood behind the T-Rex paddock with the dinosaur behind the glass, and he just doesn't give a shit about the T-Rex because the T-Rex has been back for ten years and it's not exciting anymore. And it's the same in Resident Evil in that zombies have become so commonplace, nobody's bothered about them anymore. It's just part of part of life. It's like the ending of Shaun of the Dead where they've been integrated yeah, to yeah. society. <laughs> it's especially if, as we know, that there's three cures for the T-Virus in the universe. So if zombification can be, you know, straightforward T-Virus can be cured that easily... But you can get around that, though, because there's so many different T-virus strains now. But if there is that cure by Will Farmer mm. that everyone has access to, it's every hospital, then yeah, it would lead into the idea that no one gives a shit out as a zombie. What an idiot. Why didn't he go and get himself vaccinated? But you'd like to think that vaccine was probably withheld by the government and it's not, like, freely available on the NHS. Because, you know, biohazards and that are such a powerful weapon these days, it... It wouldn't make sense for the government to make this vaccine available to everyone because it nullifies that threat. It's cheaper to sterilise an area like they do in Torlokes, isn't it? Yeah. Which is why I'm surprised the village is still standing. I think it's going to kind of fall into this grey canon area where it's just going to be footnotes and paragraphs, as you say, scattered about, well, hopefully scattered about the time frame that you can roughly be attributable to Umbrella Corpse. Yeah. We don't know what the crack is in Kijudu, for example. 
but if, like you said, if it was set in 2009, immediately after Resident Evil 5, before the BSAA got in to get rid of all the remaining Magini, then that could theoretically work, mm. rather than having Magini walking around there in 2015. Well, exactly. This is when I'd have a problem, especially if, again, how, how big of an issue it is, but the village looking exactly the same. In 2015, you go, well, hold on, I'm sure, you know, if no one's been living there or it's been taken over by Ganados for all that time, you know, the church wouldn't be standing still or, you know, the, these wood huts would have fallen down. But again, like you said, it, there's no core story. All the characters are just sort of faceless mercs, aren't they? So, like you said, if you were to do a timeline, you're not really going to be adding much in there. I don't think it can cause much harm at the end of the day. And a lot of people will just ignore it completely. Yes, yeah. It'd be nice if there's some little tidbits, but I think the tricell bit will probably be for the fans, isn't it? But as a shooter, it looks far better than Operation Raccoon City did, even though the characters do still walk like they're ice skating. Not a shooter man, so... At least with the village, they're respecting the geography, which is one step better than yeah. Orc. And like you say, if they do release further maps where you know we're running around Raccoon City, then obviously that does break the canon and that will render the whole game obsolete. It's but... alright if they're throwing away multiplayer maps, you know, just the multiplayer yeah. mode. I don't, I don't yeah. mind that. And, that. and because they've not released a story paragraph for Kijuju, Kijuju could just be a Mercs map. It could be, yeah. But this single player experiment mode has 20 levels apparently. And the fact that you've got Wesker in it as well also hints that it might be some kind of story-based game set from Umbrella's demise up to the present day. It might even shed some light on Umbrella's rival company at last as well. Oh, yes. Or the organisation even, because apparently all these team of mercs, they've all been hired by various different companies looking to get involved with bioweapons. And there's some sort of hint on the official website as well that, that someone or something is behind the ultimate events of the game. It sounds it's like... Just a reminder, the organisation... Is the rival company, or are they... I can't remember if they were set. It's not clear. There's two main theories. The Archives book suggests the organisation is a, just a completely separate entity that doesn't have any involvement at all. It's just who Ada works for in Resident Evil 4. Or the other theory is the organisation is the rival company, and Wesker has sort of broke away from them and formed his own little sort of splinter group, which is the third organisation. HCF came from the organisation. Yeah, those are the two main theories, but there's no way to prove it either way. Right, well, um, George, do you have any final thoughts on this game? No, not no, not really. I, yeah, no, no, no. I like your idea about the um, the way it can fit in the canon with that narrative of, you know, rival companies works quite well. I think you said it fits in with the fall of Umbrella and also the, the availability of, you know, different strains of the T-Virus. And, yeah, I mean, I, but that's really the only thing about the game that I like. I was heartened by the, the level of abuse that Capcom were getting on their Facebook page when they posted about Umbrella Corpse. But all joking aside, yeah, well, you can see it's just consistent comment after comment after comment. Why Capcom? Why are you releasing this one and you give us the game we want? You know, a while back when we first started doing these podcasts, I thought it was sort of in the minority, this demand for that type of game. But it just seems that a huge audience, and particularly the younger gamers that do comment on social media, that, that are crying out for the older games. Yeah, it hasn't gone down well on social media, actually. No. Umbrella Core, which is nice to see. It's nice to see a fan base sort of unified mm. in what they want. Um, I do wonder, as well, I meant to say this earlier, whether it's come around as a knee-jerk reaction to how popular the Zombies mode is on the new Black Ops Call of Duties. Yes. Because it's a very popular game mode. I think it's a result of Operation Raccoon City's success, because it, it sold a lot of copies. It's gone platinum. 
and as a technical exercise that game might have been shit but the concept of running around biohazard zones you know online shooters with zombies in the middle that's obviously a concept people like and I think you sure. were right Sean they cancelled Operation Raccoon City 2 to do this instead and make it themselves yeah I mean because you can clearly swap out like the mercenaries models and put the original orc yeah. team in there yeah but once again Capcom get away with a game whereby we hate it and now we're going you know we'll give it a shot curse them curse them all and then we'll, we'll come back it's, it's in six months it's called concussion no <laughs> I just I just think the village looks great and I'm sure Kijuji will as well and it just makes me wish we'd get a, a remaster of 4 and 5 as well well 4 for like back the 400th time we hated 4 I never hated 4 we hated the story but as a game it yeah. was probably the as most, a game it was good it but was the rest brilliant. of the game it still sucks I don't think it does I was always in the minority that I think 5 played better I enjoy 5 as well Stars and Batman, as two particular fans of the narrative of Resident Evil 5, I totally get, as fans of the series and why, and the tie-ups with the Progenitor and everything, it was brilliant. But for you guys, was there not just a little bit too much combat-orientated? I think it's paced better than 4. We said this in the actual podcast. I think it has more breaks in the action mm. than 4 does. I think because the geography changes with like every chapter, you don't get that fatigue set in as much. It does definitely kick in by the end. I mean, I think 4 goes on at least two set pieces far too long. Yeah. You know, in terms of big arenas with lots of enemies, it just I think the opening two chapters of Resident Evil 5 where you're actually on your BSAA mission going around Kijuji with the Magini, I think those opening two chapters are some of the best in the entire series, but Resident Evil 5 suffers for me when you get to the ancient caves. Yeah. By the time you're on the ship at the end, you are starting to get sick of the repetitiveness. Mm. But... I like the setting of those ancient caves and with the stairway to the sunflower. I thought they were stunning, some of those environments, actually. I love them. I revisited it uh, not so long back. And do you know what? I actually said on Twitter, the cutscenes are still some of gaming's best ever graphics, I think. Mm. The, the production yes. value of Resident yes. Evil 5 is dazzling even now. Yeah, I completely agree with that, yeah. I, I didn't like it with all the combat, but you're right. It, most of that game and those cutscenes look stunning. I still have big issues with Resident Evil 4. It's not the game that I want it to be. I enjoy it. I find it one of the most replayable games. But aside from the opening scene, if you like, up to the bingo comment, that whole scene is amazing. I, I love the build-up and then the intensity of that new kind of, oh my god, oh shit, oh shit, because you never get that in Resident Evil before. That kind of intense, I need to get the hell out of here. I think the village was phenomenal. You know, you think of some of the areas that you go around in the rain and in the dark, the eerie boat trip across the lake. I mean, that's good gaming set pieces. Yeah, I just wish that when you got to the castle, it then turned into the fog version of Resident Evil 4. And then I think we would have had the best Resident Evil game. I would agree with that. Although it's quite creepy at times with the voices, especially that you know, you'd hear them miles away. You're going, where the hell are you? It just, it just, as you say, it just got a bit silly at the end. You had cultists armed with rocket launchers, and you had Gatling guns that would come up through the floor in the middle of like a 16th century castle. I mean, you know... Indiana it, Jones minecart. Yeah, it was just... And giant stone robots. I'm with Neptune. I can really enjoy it as a game, but it's just so desperately not the game I wanted. The island helps... The island bit at the end, there's bits in it which are good with the regenerators and the Iron Maidens. Mm. Yeah, They're good. It's not without its merits, and at times it's quite effective horror. Like the regenerators, yes. first time you fight them. And if you actually have artificially made that game harder, like by not using upgrades, I think we've discussed this a little bit, like if you just stick with the basic weapons that the game gives you, don't oh. use the merchant, don't use the upgrades, 
fighting the um, regenerators is as fucking terrifying as like the early tyrant fights in the yeah. series because you've got to use the locations and put tables between you so you can get the, you know a breather to actually take them out with your pistol or your magnum bullets. Hmm. And it feels so much more like a traditional... I mean, I saw things the Regenerators do when I tried that run because I was keeping them alive a lot longer because I wasn't using the sniper rifle to take them out. I mean, they can actually charge you and lunge at you. and Yeah. Whereas when you've got the sniper rifle, you tend to take them out without any trouble. And take away the quick time events. I think the Verdugo is fucking terrifying. Is that the hat? Oh, yes. No, it is, yeah. And I tell you what gets a lot of criticism, which I think is harsh, is the actual concept of the Plaga as well. Because even though the parasites might be ridiculously oversized, the actual idea of a parasite taking over a human host and controlling them is actually quite grounded in reality. It's probably the most realistic scientific concept (laughs) since the original game. And everyone always criticises Las Plagas for saying it's far too unrealistic. And of course the mutations are, but the actual science behind it... It's quite See, that's a, really, that's a really good point. I agree with that, but, but I don't like the alien idea. I, I, that would have been great if they'd developed that as a virus in the lab, you know, Birkin or whoever. But did we ever find out it was effectively just dug up and we never really knew how they were? But I think that's what makes it more interesting, the fact that it is a natural organism and it's not something that was engineered. Yeah. There's a few guys that have a game called the Talos Principle. No. But it's a PlayStation 4 Steam puzzle game, first-person Steam puzzle game. It's a little bit like Portal. But that storyline's quite fascinating and that it's about um, humanity's wiped out by a virus that's released from the ice due to global warming. Mm. And I thought that'd be a fucking cool concept for a Resident <laughs> that's Evil. That's like virus. all the uh, yeah, B movie yeah. shark films, isn't it? Megadon, frozen in time. <laughs> <laughs> and then released. I must have missed something back in the day because I, I didn't. What you just said, John, about the Plaga just being a natural sort of a parasite. For some reason, I thought there was some suggestion that, it, that there was some alien. Watch the end. Found cre- in a rock, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Watch the end credits yeah. of Resident Evil 4. They're beautifully. Oh, those pictures are wonderful, those those sketches. There's some controversy that the dominant plaga might have been engineered. I always thought the dominant plaga was natural, but some people think it was created by Lewis Serra. But the, the actual subordinate plaga is definitely a natural organism. One of my favourite scenes in Resident Evil is when you're holed up in the cabin with Sierra and it just wave and wave and waves. It's sort of an isolated little thing like that. I love that. That's Real. a wonderful set piece, that is. Yeah, yeah. They've sort of ruined it now by recreating it too many times. Yeah, mm. yeah, because Revelations 2 one isn't very good. Mm. And 6 as well. Yeah. Anyway, I think that does conclude our discussion on Umbrella Corpse. We'll keep coming back to that. <laughs> Little tidbits and news covers. Podcast we, we digress. We digress. <clears throat> so with that in mind, we'll now move on to the main discussion of the podcast, which is Resident Evil Zero HD. Understood. This does not make any sense. How was the T-virus leaked? And why did it contaminate both the lab and the mansion, as well as a train almost three miles away? That's irrelevant. We must make sure no knowledge of this gets out. Destroy the train. Completely. So, uh, welcome back. We are now focusing on the HD remaster of Resident Evil Zero, and you'll be pleased to know that my friend and yours, Mr. Spencer, has joined us. Hello, Mr. Spencer. Good evening, everyone. I hope you're well-versed in Resident Evil Zero HD. I've played the base game on the GameCube years back. I haven't played the HD version yet, but I'll just talk about the original game, but just pretend it's got slightly better graphics. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, um, for the benefit of people who have played it, I think that's George Trevor, 
mm-hmm. Star Tyrant and Batman. What are your initial impressions, briefly, if you will, of the HD remaster? Uh, we'll start with Batman. Well, I think it's great. I think, aside from the FMVs, which we knew going in weren't going to be great, I think it's a 100% success from a technical standpoint. I'm struggling to think of a single camera angle that looks poor. And, yeah, I think it's a success in that regard, and it's far better than Remake HD from technical point of view but it's still the same old zero at the end of the day and it's still going to divide people regardless we know you're a fan does tarrant what's your views it didn't really um change my original opinion of the game i mean i've always enjoyed it but it's probably one of my least favorite of the traditional camera angle driven series but that aside technically it looks better than most games do now artistically i think and i'm genuinely blown away by how good it looks and how well the restoration is. It just makes you wonder what Capcom could have done if they'd kept most of the assets for the remake. Because though the remake doesn't look bad, and it certainly doesn't look bad, you know, it, this is a league above it in terms of how it looks. The presentation to this is staggering. A ringing endorsement. George Trevor? Yeah, it looks beautiful, as Stars says. After my initial excitement had calmed down after the first week or two, I had a slight nagging feeling, and now after what Stars just said, I realised what it was, that it hasn't improved my enjoyment of the game maybe as much as I expected. And that comes back again to the fact that once I get past what I like about the game that's parallel with Remake, perhaps some of the gameplay elements do annoy me more than maybe I've let on. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but it looks absolutely stunning. So I was interested in what Sean said about the fact that artistically, and I think that could be a key point going forward, that it still holds up and in fact is on par, if not better, than a lot of games look Mm. now. I think that could be a crucial point in perhaps the future of the series, if that resonates well across the fan base. I mean, let me just clarify that just briefly, because people will be listening and thinking that's ridiculous. But what I'm saying is, technically, obviously there's games today which completely dwarf it but you freeze frame any image of that game it looks amazing and time has not diminished that at all and in fact the hd version with its upgraded character models makes it all look that much more seamless now yeah so i'm well aware that games made today technically with all the brand new engines and special effects and everything are you know not comparable to that but you know you could literally take any camera angle of that game and it could be used as a bloody bit of art for your desktop wallpaper or you know a, a picture on a wall it, it, it looks that good it's taken over resident evil 5 as the best looking game in the series for me and what struck me first of all is obviously when you start up in the train I had the exact same reaction as I did in Remake that everything just looks so much sharper and brighter and better but like Sean said the character models are just superb the zombies and the bit where the dog jumps through the window at the start and you get a close up of it as it walks past the camera you can see like the the glistening detail on its skin and the you know the muscle and sinew it just it looks absolutely stunning there's one moment near the beginning where um, Billy's sort of stood on some stairs and he calls Rebecca a little girl and you get a close up of Rebecca pointing at Billy and she says don't call me a little girl and the actual upgrade that they've done to the, the character models I mean in close up now they look like high quality FMV videos and yet that's in game engine running in real time yeah those are two things that really stood out for me Sean's absolutely right you really notice in some of those scenes with Rebecca how sharp her face and her eyes look and yeah that dog I only noticed that for the first time the other day playing it that dog looks fantastic it's right up on the camera isn't it so what I want to do before we get into lots of detail about specific scenes I thought it might be quite a nice little exercise to quickly go back to how we got to this position 
because Resident Evil Zero is one of these games that have, were in development hell for quite a long time, starting with the, the fabled N64 version, then moving on to the GameCube version. I wondered if there was any aspect of perhaps the N64 version in particular that people would like to have seen replicated going forward, or perhaps introduced as part of this remake. I'm not too familiar how different the N64 version was outside of the, the visual differences. What were those X-Files things then? Or was that Resident Evil 2 and the yes. N64? That was Resident okay. Evil 2, yeah. I think the GameCube version of Zero is pretty much a straight-up adaptation of the N64 version. The only difference I can think of is when you meet Edward on the train, he's the one who had the severed hand mm. because this was before Kevin Dooley was invented for the remake. And in one of the developer diaries, you could see out the windows when the train was stationary, you could see zombies moving around in the woods, which was quite nice, and obviously that's not mm. in the, uh, the GameCube version. That would have been nice to see, actually. I wouldn't mind that. I just wondered, it was something that me and George spoke about previously. There's something about the N64 version that feels inherently familiar. It feels very much in that same batch of one, director's cut, two, three, and even Survivor. It's got the same kind of sounds and the you know the, the sound effects used, and it, it feels very of that generation. And I wonder, I mean, for me personally, I always, I always felt there's a bit of nostalgia creeping into that and thinking that may have been a better game in that mode than, it, than what it became. I don't know if it necessarily would have been a better game if they'd used the same game mechanics, but it definitely looked and felt. But that's maybe that might be personal in terms of where we come into the series, because that's how I feel. But my first experience of the series was playing Resident Evil 2 on the N64. But yeah, it certainly feels, like you say, it could be placed neatly in within a group with those other three. Mm. The thing is, though, I think it would have dated really quickly, and people, yeah. when Remake came out, people would have said, well, surely it would have been the logical choice for Zero to have been made on the GameCube. Didn't they kind of make them together, Remake and Zero? I think Zero came out sort of six or seven months after Remake did in Japan. But I think it was a wise decision that they ended up just doing it on the GameCube. Because I think initially, if it had come out on the N64, it would have been good. And like you say, it does feel very related to the original trilogy in terms of looks and how it plays in in the videos we have got. But I think people would have just complained and said, look, why didn't you just do it on the GameCube? (laughs) People find a reason to complain about anything. When you actually look back through the prototype footage, though, I don't think there's anywhere near as much atmosphere. In terms of the atmosphere that prototype footage gives off, I think it feels a lot more in line with the original 96 version than it does 2 and 3, because I think 2 and 3 really stepped up in terms of atmosphere. No, I think I think that's a valid point. And so that kind of then, as you say, moved on to the GameCube version, um, which I, I suppose was the peak of that generation of consoles in terms of graphical capabilities in, in kind of pre-rendered backgrounds. And um, the decision to put it on the GameCube is always slightly controversial, and it's taken, what, another 10 plus 15 years for it to be ported over into any other type of console. I feel that decision by Capcom cost them a lot of money, although it did relatively well on the GameCube. We know how well Resident Evil 4 then went on to do on PlayStation 2 and other consoles, and I just wonder whether if they had made the decision for it to be on multi-consoles at the beginning, we would be in a very different position. Like I said, I've not played HD Remake, but what I will say is I'm glad that it's a kind of remastering that was done right for the PC, because usually PC ports, they tend to get shafted on it from consoles, and I'm glad that it's a lot better than the port they did for the Wii, from the GameCube to the Wii, 
for Ori Zero because that was literally just, hey, let's have the GameCube version, just stick some Wii controls on it and we'll call it a day. We'll phone it in. Whereas this is actually a proper, like, actual care. And I mean, I've looked, I've looked at screenshots, so that counts for something. And it looks like they've done a much better job of it than they did with, you know, porting it to the Wii, which is great because it should be that way with PC ports. They should be getting the love and attention and the 60 frames per second that they deserve. Yeah, I think I did end up getting Resident Evil Zero archives on the Wii. Oh. Only because you had the whole game on one disc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I picked it up for about five quid. It's not even worth that. Well, I was just surmising what Neptune says about what would have changed. I think other than Capcom's bank balance, though, I mean, you're taking that to the logical end. Do you think we would now still be playing fixed camera angle Resident Evil games if they had? Maybe not. I think it would have moved and changed eventually. Yeah. Um, if people had, you know, like say if Zero and Remake had been multi-format, they sold absolutely fucking millions, then you might have seen a Capcom more confident in their yeah. psychological Resident Evil 4 and maybe yes. head with that. Yeah. I think Resident Evil Unmerged 4 would have been very, yeah, would have been more hookmany, less uh, action oriented than what we How ended up. How much is this on Steam? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. We're looking at it now, Resident Evil Zero HD Remaster. 16 quid? The remake on Steam, remaster of Zero. It's a good, good. T- 10 to 12 hours of gameplay that I've played before. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the only Wesker mode. I hate how Wesker well, we'll, we'll become that. a we'll he's become a selling point. Yeah. It's like I'm not and sure if this is gonna sell or not. Yeah, stick Wesker in there, it'll sell. You know. So we've touched on the, uh, the kind of transition of how how we got to the uh, Zero HD port. I think it was as soon as Remake started to do quite well, the Remake HD. Uh, it was almost inevitable that we'd eventually get the uh, the Zero port, if you like, onto a system. And I think all games can now be played on one console. Depends what type of PS2 you've got. Uh, sorry, PS3. Sorry. Now, how well optimized is the game on PC? It runs at 60 frames per second on PC, and it's only 30 on the PS4 and Xbox One. Like you've not had any sort of glitches or frame rate drops, or anything. There was there, there was a frame rate problem early on, where it, but there isn't an any file fix or whatever, and it's the only version of the game now which can have fixed audio because there was a uh, three or four music tracks play at twice their speed on the consoles, but some fans have modded it. Oh, interesting. Zero on the PC has extra anti-aliasing modes as well that you don't get on the consoles. See, this is stuff we should be talking about as well. Yeah, what has extra what, sorry? Anti-aliasing. Yeah, the PC's got some extra settings to improve the anti-aliasing on the character models, which you don't get on the consoles. Not that it really matters, because they're still smooth as hell on the uh, yeah. on the consoles. like. And there's no um, screen I, tearing going on? Though. Oh, I didn't know what you meant by that term, I didn't understand. You know, where the characters sort of have, like, jagged edges. Yeah, yeah. So it smooths it out, basically. It looks so good. It. it looks so good anyway. I mean, I've seen a couple of the trailers for the 60 frames per second on YouTube, and it just... It's not so much that it looks sharper, it's just almost so peculiar how realistic it almost feels 3D, like the, the images are coming out at you. It's extraordinary. I felt the same when I saw the remake for the first time in 60 frames a second. It's, it's almost like you're seeing it for the first time. How are the uh, cutscenes as well? Because like, oh. I worried about them like being compressed and not looking as good. They're not as bad as some reviews have made out. There's quite a bit of black crush on it, so mm. some, some details lost and there's some compression artifacts, but to be honest, they're still better than running the GameCube version through a HDTV. 
You know, whereas if you still had an old style CRT TV, then the GameCube version ones would look incredible. But not many people have them anymore. So you'd be upscaling the GameCube or Wii footage and it would look blurry as hell. So, I mean, it's, it's still probably the best it would look. What I want to know then, chaps, from the people that have played it, is there a particular part of the game, I, su- I like to say you've all completed it at least, is there a part of the game that you feel stands out above the rest? I'm particularly interested in because I always found that the water treatment facility was somewhat a bit underused in the actual game uh, especially the bit with the lurkers because you could go through the game you never knew lurkers even were there i wondered how that part looked with all the rushing water Fabulous. that quite did it okay i suppose there's extra detail in the uh, you know because you've got it in hd it, it's clearer than ever that the water treatment plant is within a huge underground cave sort of thing Clearly is it filled there, therefore connected to Birkin's lab? You would just imagine it's directly underneath it, which, you know, it, it is. We've hit the rule of the elevator, haven't we? We ignore the top floor and it works. Yes, yes. I thought, when you boot it up, the train looks stunning to the point where Capcom have even admitted they've had to redo some of the signs on the train because in the original version, the graphics weren't clear enough so you couldn't read what they say, so they were just gibberish. But because it's so clear now, they've actually redone like the signs on the doors and stuff so you can actually read them. But when you get to the training facility in particular, the training facility just looks absolutely stunning. Every single room, I mean, you know, you can see the clarity and the detail on the paintings, the cracks in the wall, the cobwebs. You know, you could take all the zombies out of the game and just literally spend hours just walking through it, just admiring all the rooms and the detail that have gone into it. It's, it's absolutely stunning. One of the things, certainly on the GameCube version, was and remakes to an extent, was that the synergies between the, the background, the pre-rendered backgrounds and the character models worked very well. They didn't feel that they were stuck on, if you like. They felt they were part of the background, even though the background didn't move. Is that translated well into the HD port? The problem with Zero I always had was on the GameCube version was because, like Billy, for example, because he wears a vest, you see like the edges of his arms. I remember them being quite pixelated on the GameCube, and that would stand out against the really, really smooth backgrounds. Whereas now, because the character models are updated so well and running at such a higher resolution, I think they blend. And let's not forget that the HD version has an entirely new lighting engine. So the way the light reacts off the characters is more immersive than ever, which just means I think they blend in with the backgrounds even more. George, what are you about to say? It's not really a criticism because I'm not going to criticise it for looking so good, but I felt there were moments, more so when you first turn it on, where because those character models are so sharp, particularly Rebecca's, they felt a little bit kind of stuck on, but only because they were just so sharp. On the train, I noticed that. I always remember, like, the play crawlers seem to skate around a bit too easily on, on the floor. Wonder if that's still prevalent. No, I didn't notice that, really. No. And the only other thing I'm sure you'll be able to say, it's definitely improved. It was always quite difficult, I think, with some of the graphics to work out what kind of type of zombie. Because you know there's the... Um, the Hunks team, isn't it? The Delta Squad. Go into the Mansion Reclamation Project. Can you definitely tell that they are former USS soldiers now? Is that quite clear? The detail on the zombies is now so good where you've got any um, like ones wearing ID cards, you can nearly read the writing if they're close <laughs> to the wow. camera. That's, That's pretty cool. I like that. So, um, you know, yeah, you can definitely tell the ones that are like Hunks outfit. Delta team is it in that? Yes, because you've only got a few of them on the um, on the, the on the train, but in the mansion there's lots of. Them. And as well, if you play the 16.9 version, you're playing at a sort of tied to a closer angle anyway, so you, you can see the difference between the zombies all the more. Yeah, and there's like zombies in Marcus's lab wearing like boiler suits, and you can clearly see the umbrella logo on their sleeves. 
I was just going to say what about the kind of lab zombies at the water treatment facility ones because there was always a debate as to how they were infected and why the rest of Birkin's lab wasn't infected but that was. Do they look good? Yeah, well they're sort of plant worker zombies aren't they? They're like the zombies who were working at the dam. I just thought the water treatment facility was infected next to Birkin's lab because that's where the queen leech was born essentially, that's where it made its nest. And then when it started to follow James Marcus's memories that's what led it to the training centre. The church with the altar, with the candles, I bet that looks nice as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. HD. And uh, the, the marshalling yard looks really good as well. Yeah. You can actually see, like, the detail in the distance now, actually, outside the yard. Just that shot when you're walking as Billy or, or Rebecca just before the uh, scorpion boss battle, before you walk into the room where, where you get the uh, the hunting gun, and you sort of look back into that kind of that dining area and see the chairs on either side, you know, those like lounges on either side. To my mind, that's one of those sort of longest shots in Resident Evil throughout any of the games, that sort of huge distance. It looks incredible. Do you know what the one I mean? Well, it goes Matrix on us. The room where you end up fighting the scorpion, but when you're walking towards the room where you get all the bits and pieces before the fight, and you oh. can just look behind you and you just see the room stretching out behind you. Yeah, and the new lighting looks really good on that as well. So lots of lots of certainly uh, graphical improvements, and by what everyone's saying, they can't really be faulted in terms of graphics. So I think we're going to have to touch the elephant in the room uh, and see whether the game itself has improved to such an extent that your views on the overall game package has changed. And this is always the test with HD remakes. Are you reviewing the fact that it's an HD remake, remaster should I say, or are you reviewing the game itself or both together? A lot of reviewers and reviews that I read can't tell the difference and therefore they get lambasted in comments about, oh you don't know what you're doing, the game's great, you should only be doing this, and then people going, oh the game's crap, you're only be looking at the HDness. So George, we'll start with you because you seem to to have changed your view a bit on how great the game was to a more of a sour demeanour. <laughs> I wouldn't go quite that far, but it was just <laughs> that point that, that Stars made. Because I did have a slight nagging feeling, or more actually the realisation that because I've got the 1080 on Xbox One, I've got it on the Origins collection, so I started to go back to playing Remake HD sooner than I expected. And, and when Stars made that point, I think that's what it is. After you get past the initial one, it takes... It's not just a fleeting moment. It takes a while to, yeah, to really appreciate the, the stunning beauty of all, all the environments. And Mr. Spencer's right, the church looks wonderful as well. I think slightly taken off when you approach the church, you realise you've got that fucking bat battle. But uh, yeah, after that kind of passes and, and it's, yeah, you're kind of left with, I won't go into detail, but I don't mind the item drop, but the iconic little things I miss, you know, just having an item box. I don't mind the swapping of the characters, but I don't like the puzzles that, that utilises that technique. They're very dull. The dumb waiter puzzles. I just get. I just can't. I mean, it's actually painful sometimes doing it. Um, Do you think that sl- slows down the experience? Yeah. Of the oh game? God. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Batman. I think if you're reviewing it as a HD remaster, then you've got to say it's been a massive success because it it's done what it set out to do in that it. It's taken an already good-looking game and made it look absolutely stunning. But then if you're reviewing it as an overall package, then you've got to say, well, it doesn't matter how good the game looks, it's still going to have all its original flaws. For me, though, I think it's just enhanced it because I've always been a big fan of Zero. You know, I will acknowledge it does have issues, but it's always been more towards the top of the list for me. And the way this new version looks now, it's just going to encourage me to play it even more because I could quite happily take my time through it and enjoy spotting little details in the environments that I've never noticed before. Stars turn? I think, you know, just going briefly back, I know I've criticised it a lot over the years, but I will say this. I think games of its ilk 
are more important than ever at the minute and I think people really need to get embracing these kind of things because the gaming industry is not not at its best really we are living in a very scripted linear kind of, yeah um, linear where you were basically you're playing corridor games and things like that and, and to have a game which doesn't really hold your hand through it at all which does allow you to have to use your brain and work out the structure of how to proceed through it I think it's more important than ever that people try and embrace these because it, it sends a message to Capcom and the sales of the remake did. Sorry to interrupt you there, Sean, but it's interesting you mentioned that, how you talk about how games have become a bit linear and dumbed down. And I would agree that's true to an extent, but then you look at what Namco are doing and you look at Dark Souls and Bloodborne and games like that where you know it does require you to really plan out your attacks, your strategies and such. So I think Capcom should also be looking at that as well and going, right, you know, we should have games that require, you know, having an IQ higher than 60, yeah. you know. And I think, I think they do with things like Dragon's Dogma as well. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what um, they're kind of going for. And, and I'll, ju- I'll just finish my little summary by just saying that even irrespective of where I personally place the game in the sort of classic titles, it's worth saying that even for me, a lesser Resident Evil title is still better than the vast majority of junk that is out there. <laughs> I don't find it replayable. Mm. I love the whole train sequence. I, I think it's one of the highlights of the entire series. I think to have it in a completely... It's a moving scenario. That doesn't really happen a lot in the, up, up to that point. That doesn't happen. Everything was very static. Not only the camera angles, but in where we were, apart from maybe Birkin's train. That was it. Everything was fixed. And then it kind of took it apart a bit with the train, made it move in. It increased the pace, it increased the tension because you didn't know where you were going to go. You didn't know if you were suddenly going to crash. There was no timer, you know, and of course you could just play on forever and you wouldn't, you know, didn't quite know where you ended up. But I love the train sequence. And I think after that, it just goes downhill. The training facility just becomes tedious. It becomes a poor man's mansion. Can you name one particular section or in the facility because people say this often and i don't see why so what makes it a poor man's remake in the facility certain things there's barely anything memorable i i cannot even remember how you escape and what you need to escape whereas you can just recite it off the top mm. of your head you need the books and the, the the angels to put the balance and scales that is barely about it see that's interesting to me because it is it's just the same as walking around the mansion in the first game and I think the training facility drips with atmosphere mm. might not be as memorable granted but it looks mm. better than the mansion and you're doing the exact same thing is would... it the items aren't as memorable but is that just because just the fact that it was the first game and so you know if Zero had been the first game we would remember those items more fondly more iconically I, I would agree with all of you to some extent I think I, I agree with John in that as a location it, the atmosphere is phenomenal and and it's really with the um, series retrospective we did a couple of years ago it hit me more than ever how good the atmosphere is in that area but at the same time it is incomparable to the mansion in that the mansion is just so iconic a location that I can't think of many many locations in gaming that are as strong as the Spencer Mansion but then is that just bias coming because obviously that was what we played Mm -hmm. first and if they had done zero first would we be saying the same about the training facility and would we be saying the Spencer Mansion is a poor man's training facility? It's just, nostalgia is the most powerful tool there sure. is, I think. Yeah. I yeah. actually have a counterpoint to make about that because I played Resident Evil 1 first and, you know, the Spencer Mansion, it's ingrained in the memory. But I didn't play Resident Evil 2 until a few years later and yet the RPD is just as memorable <laughs> 
to me mm. as the mansion. I would agree with that as well. Yeah. I think part of the problem is the similarities. The training facility is very similar to the mansion. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem, really. And one thing that struck me, I've played this game hundreds of times, and for some reason, it's only really come to me now, but why is it a prequel? Because it limits so many things. It limits the enemies in the game, the characters, the location, the story. Literally, the only reason I can think of why this has to be a prequel is to tell the story of Bravo Team, which it doesn't do. No. Was it a prequel because they were developing for at the time, and obviously they just wouldn't have wanted to have... Yeah, but you don't need a prequel to show the origins of the T-Virus. You don't need a prequel story. No, it's hilarious, isn't it? It is a prequel that doesn't really add anything. Because it retconned retconned the original story of Alpha Team going in Raccoon Forest literally a few hours after Bravo Team. They've retconned it now to 24 hours. Then all of a sudden you're expected to believe Umbrella's had this old training facility a few miles away from the mansion, which sounds slightly contrived. You're limited in terms of what creatures you can have because this is a prequel and it would make no sense to have, you know, strong B.O.W.s running around that you never see again. It limits the characters you can use and... You know, it, the whole thing's limited. Well, here's it, another think... thing as well, is that you talk about B.O.W.s and that, right? It's not just a retcon, but it also makes parts of Remake not make sense, because you had the Eliminators in Arizona Zero, and monkeys tend to potter about. And I'm just saying, given the proximity of how they are to the mansion, why are there no monkeys in the mansion? This game has created all these little problems, you know, the geography with Birkin's Lab's another one. And all that just seems to be a lot of hassle for making this game a prequel. Well, I mean, the, the original trailer, didn't it? It had a voiceover that said, what happens to the Bravo team? They should have just had the game as Rebecca and Richard. Yeah. Of course it should have had a Chronicles as well. well. I was going to say, I do wonder whether the nightmare scenario was added as a kind of thing for that, you know. So what you're suggesting is it should have been more of a side quote rather than a prequel. Well, no, I just think that Capcom clearly never had any intention of showing us what really happened to Bravo Team. I mean, how different would this game be, for example, if, say, Rebecca was in the BSEA and it was set in, say, 2004 and they came across one of Umbrella's old facilities and it was the exact same game? You know, would It'd be it, DLC, it, then. Would it make any difference, really? <laughs> no, not in the grand scheme of things. It, exactly, it wouldn't exactly. be a separate game, mate. It'd be DLC using assets from the game that came before it. It's one of those things, and this is, this is the brilliance. Oh, this is the brilliance of this magical game game that is Resident Evil 5 is that the, f- the files, the later files in 5 have helped enhance Zero a little bit with Marcus being in them. But that's what I mean and the files in 5 told as the origins of the progenitor virus and the genesis of Umbrella but the actual yeah. core game didn't need to be a prequel to tell that story no. No. Yeah, You arguably learn more about the history of Umbrella and the origins of the progenitor than you do in the game that's supposed to do that yeah. <laughs> you know the guy in the opening voiceover he actually says you know to reveal the truth we must go back after he mentions you know Island he can <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason why Resident Evil Zero suffers in my eyes because it doesn't matter how good the game turned out to be a lot of people from the outset said well it's just a pointless prequel that nobody nobody really I, wants. I do remember finishing it and thinking, well, well what did we learn there? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we, we've and got a history that sort of contradicts what Code Veronica said, because if, I think I've mentioned before, Code Veronica talks about the origins of Umbrella, but doesn't mention Marcus, mm. and Zero talks about the origins of Umbrella, but doesn't mention Ashford, and it wasn't until, oh wait, Resident Evil 5, where it sort of mentioned them all together in the same file. Yeah. Well, plus Wesker's report too, which it also goes out of its way to it's actually con- contradict that, is he? He's not mentioned by name. Oh no, he's not. No, he's not. No, that's true. That's true. But yeah, I mean, despite the fact that they're developed at the same time, I very specifically remember at the time, you know, working those files to fit 
with Wesker's report too. And they didn't even bother Capcom. They just decided to put 19 question mark question mark because they couldn't be bothered to work out <laughs> if, it, if it actually fitted with Wesker's report too. Oh, no, it was the, left to us. That's just in the archives. That's not in the games. Is no, it's not. Nineteen XX is not in the game. It's that's just in the archives book. Oh, and it's illegible. Are you sure? sure? Are you Wait, sure? Yes, I'm hundred percent sure. What's illegible in the files in in zero? The files in zero give dates. Fair enough, they don't give years, but it doesn't say nineteen XX because they couldn't be bothered. It just leaves the year out. But you can work it out. Like the T virus was created on September nineteenth, nineteen seventy seven, and then perfected in January nineteen seventy eight. It doesn't say that in black and white in the game. But if you read all the files and put it together, it can't be any other year. Yeah, but considering this game is supposed to talk about the origins of the T virus, you would have thought they were actually bothered. Oh yeah, to yeah. No, I completely, I completely agree. Yeah. If the premise of this game was to do a prequel of the T virus umbrella, it failed in that sense. If its premise was to do a prequel as to how Bravo Team got into the match and it failed in that yeah. sense. <laughs> it does feel like there was a big disconnect somewhere between like the people designing it, the people telling the story, the people promoting it, you know, because people who were evidently done in, you know, given in charge promoting the game clearly hadn't really been given much information about it because otherwise they wouldn't have done an advertising campaign based around the Bravo Team. Yeah. And then, of course, you then have to suspend your disbelief at the completely different characterization of Rebecca Chambers in the remake. That's another issue as well. I'm really thinking now, like, if this game had been released as a spin-off before Resident Evil 4 came out and was set in, say, I don't know, 2002, with a slightly older Rebecca going round a rundown umbrella facility, and if it was the exact same game with just a tweaked story in that regard, I'd be very interested to see if it was received any differently. Because I think it's just such a heavy weight on its shoulders being a prequel. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can clearly see bits that were added because the storytellers thought, fucking hell, we're supposed to actually be telling a prequel here. Like, you see, you get the really clumsy Enrico scene, which yeah. makes oh. no sense whatsoever. And you can like, tell that was just thrown in in the last minute because we thought, shit, we've forgotten about Bravo Team. Yeah. Well, we know from the concept art there was no plan ever to go to Birkin's lab. The Sky Tram was supposed to go from the lab straight to the water treatment facility. And at some point, they decided, oh, you know what would be quite good? Let's put it back to Birkin's lab, why not? And they thought, you know, there's an unused door in uh, Birkin's lab. Yeah, oh, that'd be fine. That won't mess up the cannon at all. Well, what about this fully working umbrella lab? Oh, we don't worry about that. And Enrico, oh, oh yes, better bring him back. Let's put him down the master elevator somehow. <laughs> he just infiltrated a highly top secret, you know. We've got to go to an abandoned mansion. Yeah, don't worry about this underground facility, which will cost... <laughs> billions of dollars that's got umbrella posters plastered all over Don't the world. Don't ask how I got around this elevator, Rebecca. No, no. Yeah, I mean, how better would it have been to have shown us some cut scenes and had some backstory to do with one of those other Bravo team members, even Enrico, because that, that again, just hearing about you debating that, it, again, the frustration comes in, at not just the, of the Billy character, but that we get, you know, that big backstory or that cut scene, completely pointless content. Name another video game series that had such a rich history to delve into to bring a character that, you know, could have been alongside Rebecca that we could have learned about any member of Bravo team. And even I find the as, as interesting as they are and as nice to see, I do find like the Birkin and Wesker sequence is pretty redundant in terms of what they add. You know, even like the location, like why are they in the marshalling yard monitor room in that little monitoring room? You know where um, the tyrant comes in and smashes the camera. Why are they there? Why would they go that far away from their sort of main base and just be in this random location? Hold on, it gets even better, of course, because if you're going to tie it canonically in, he then, at some point, Wesker goes from that room down the lift, down to the master elevator, and then says, I will lure them to the mansion. And then he comes back up, and obviously then beginnings starts... 
Yeah, which is kind of a bit of a mess. It's great fan service. It's great to see them together, but Stars is right. They don't add anything, and it just completely ties the whole storyline and everything into knots. Because I was just thinking, listening, trying to work it all out. I remembered when I played Zero for the first time, I wasn't part of any Resident Evil community. I'd hardly heard of the internet. And uh, I was just playing it, just thinking, am I this stupid? Like I was thinking about what I've... None of this makes any sense. But particularly like, yeah, because I'd played Remake. I was obsessed with Remake. I was trying to work out how Enrico got there i was trying to work out exactly why birkin and wesker would be you know where they were where the fuck's enrico even pointing to let's go this way where <laughs> where are you going <laughs> just said it's some somewhere ahead isn't it somewhere ahead well to be fair there is a there was a file not a file but um like a timeline entry on a really old capcom website called the raccoon city case file and it was saying that when the biohazard occurred in the mansion, um, I think this was even written before Zero came out, actually, that Birkin was transporting materials from the mansion back to his lab in Raccoon City via a secret train track. Yeah, that's cool. Like that. Which he could sort of say a stretch is the train track Enrico was going to follow, even though he must walk straight past the tyrant. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> <laughs> and then end up in the cave. Yeah. 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 Oh, but, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like Resident Evil Zero. It's one of my favourite games, but I will admit it creates far more problems than it solves. Wouldn't it be great if there was a game where you played as Enrico? I don't in know my... why they didn't do something like that in Umbrella Chronicles. In my head, it's been made. I drafted an entire scenario with him and some random MP guard picking up files, encountering. Oh, no, why? Are you, what, you're just as bad as the people who made Zero, giving him a pointless, <laughs> made-up partner character, oh, yeah. and it could be Forest Spare. Okay, I yeah. Can't, we'll give it, we'll give I can't believe I've just heard someone say. Resident Evil Zero is one of my favourite gamers who hates Code Veronica. Oh, Code Veronica's <laughs> shit. Oh, no! So much, so much backtracking. It's it looks boring. That, that is boring. Oh, John, it hurts. Just going quickly back to Enrico, wouldn't it have been easier if they just didn't go down the marshalling yard floor? The whole thing is a waste of time going to Birkin's lab. It's only there to go, ooh... Oh, I recognise no. that. Yeah, no, but what you could have done, if you must have it go to the marshalling yard, that's fine. Have the scene on top of the marshalling yard. At least then when Enrico goes, it's that way, yeah. you could feasibly go, okay, I'm, at least I'm you know, on the right level. Yeah, okay, and, I quite agree with that. Yeah. And I'm pointing in the right direction. And then Rebecca goes, oh, I've got to go this way, because she's basically just following the river down, isn't she, from the training facility to try and rescue Billy. So she then explores the marshalling yard, and we find the top floor of the lift that then goes down into the water facility that way. And then that would have then made it feasible to say, well, it's still a fully operational base, which it is. I think you're trying too hard to solve a problem that Capcom didn't even worry about. I know. You give it a second thought, yeah. I, I just will say, you've reminded me. In the beginnings scenario, isn't the voice acting incredible between Wesker and Birkin in that scene? Where Birkin's like throwing a tantrum and throwing paper around, and Wesker just goes, I will bring them into the mansion. I've completed my work on the T virus, but I need a little more time to complete a more powerful T virus. That's, that's a zero main, isn't it? That is. Yes, Birkin, you've been talking about the G virus since 1991. I know what you're talking about. Do you honestly believe that he's that crazy man from the mansion? Talking of Wesker, of course, one of the big announcements with this game was the introduction of the always wonderful Albert Wesker returning in Wesker mode. So, would anyone like to tell listeners how crap it is? It's awful. It's <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. It doesn't work. How can he sprint in a game that has fixed camera angles? It's, it's ridiculous. And that charging attack he does. I actually got killed by the uh, the stinger for the first time ever. 
<laughs> I was trying to do his laser eye vision, and the bloody thing used its stinger and actually impaled me in a one-hit kill. And I've never seen that oh, before. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I've died in the fucking HD version, I was trying to do some achievement running. You know, he's getting the trophies, so I thought, oh, I'll do do a Wesker mode because he can kill everything in one hit. So I was going to do a no save and try and get it under three hours, and I got killed by the fucking eliminators when you have to rescue Rebecca after she's fallen down the hole because it doesn't fucking hit them very well. So I just got completely cornered by all three of them. I couldn't even move. This was in the puzzle room where you've got to light all the torches for each animal. I got trapped in a fucking corner. I couldn't get away. I couldn't hit them. And I just got killed after about over an hour of not saving. I was pleased. You can't pick up weapons then? You can do, but you don't need to because you can literally just go up to an enemy, press the aim and square button for a couple of seconds, release, and heads explode. Oh, that's handy. How do you unlock Wesker mode? Just finish the game. I'm assuming DC Douglas they just got him to record a few extra lines when he hired him for Umbrella Corps, but how pointless, how pointless. I mean, it's Billy's voice in the cutscene, so why not just use Billy's voice for the commands? Just, oh, such a waste. So is it the same game? It's literally the same game. Oh, it's not, it's not a mode then? You select it from a different part of the menu. It's not like Leech Hunter mode. No, I think it's just the main game running on normal mode. Wow, that's uh, so weird. So I was just watching a cutscene, right, where it's literally Rebecca's actually talking to Billy. It's like, I read that you killed 23 people when she's talking to Wesker. It's yeah. like, oh, I've killed a few more than that, my dear. See, if they'd actually done a funny tongue-in-cheek thing yeah. where they'd got... DC Douglas to record like absolutely nonsensical dialogue. You now, where she turned and you know said to him, "Oh, Billy Cohen," he's like, "Oh, who is Billy Cohen?" You know, it's just if they'd actually had a bit of fun with it, it would have been okay. But it's just nonsense. It's right up there with Lady Hunk as the uh, one and of they, the worst things I've ever done. They give him Rebecca a, a silly gil- Lady Hunk. <laughs> they, uh, they give him they give him Rebecca a silly Jill battlesuit style thing with a chest. Oh. Because, yeah, Wesker mode, it's, it's so broken. You're right, the special abilities would work in Resident Evil 4 or 5, but mean nothing in Zero. So what were Capcom actually thinking? I mean, is it that cheap? They've just thrown it in because they think, who's the most, the pot? You know, the fucking <laughs> stock Hakeman and Waterman figure of Resident Evil is our Wesker from Resident Evil 5. Let's just, just throw him in and we're going to make a lot more sales. See, that's the, that's the more annoying thing. Is like, why don't they even just, you, you know, keep it reasonably contextual and put his Zero outfit in there? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's oh, the most yeah, ridiculous yeah. thing. And where the fuck did these powers come from? Why not just give them a really awesome arsenal like of samurai edge weapons and iconic why- guns from the series? But do you not think they're just trying to literally link it in with RE5 to push up the RE0 sales with just a, a, something recognisable from their biggest seller? Let's look at the facts. They've managed to get DC Douglas on board. They've got nice HD assets of Resident Evil 0. Why couldn't they have just done a remake of, and I'm sure DC Douglas would have been happy to do it because he admitted himself that you know his original performance as Wesker wasn't as good as his subsequent ones. Just remake beginnings. Yeah, that's what makes sense from a fan's point of view. But I know I think they want to spread a bit of RE5 on Zero to push up the sales. That's the only thing. I, th- I think they really wanted to do that. I think Kuata said in an interview that the light creating these sort of silly because the main campaigns are always so serious or implied to be so serious the light creating these sort of silly pointless humorous things mm. that no one really asks and for maybe that might play well better in the japanese market maybe rather than wasting their time with that though i would have just sooner had them like create models for all the bravo teams using leech hunter or something yeah you know, so you, you, just something like that. I'd as soon have had the resources put on playable Kenneth or Forrest. Yeah. 
So that links in quite nicely with what improvements, not necessarily to the game per se, because I think we've done that to death, what improvements would you have seen specifically to HD Remake, if any? If you were in charge, go, right, we're going to do an HD Remaster of Zero, what else would you have done? I don't think it would have been a lot to ask for them to put some more files in there. I've noticed as well that they've changed a few of the files, actually. The Passenger's Diary is now missing. Yeah. It's, it's missing a line. Yeah, that done that. In, I just noticed that in not in that game, so in, in Remake HD, the researcher's will, which had already been shortened from the original RE1 anyway, and they'd cut lines from that. So they've done it as well in Zero, have they? They've cut one line from the Passenger's Diary file. I don't know why, because it, it doesn't really improve it. And also, because they've based this remaster on the NTSC version, it's now got the continuity error in the investigator's report file saying Marcus disappeared 20 years ago. Because in the original oh. in the original <sighs> GameCube, obviously for the PAL version, they fixed it, didn't they? He did disappear 20 years ago. Yeah, but in the PAL, in version, in the PAL version, they changed it to 10 years ago, implying that's, yeah. when, that's when he died. They corrected it. They actually right? corrected it for like the first and only time in the series, they actually corrected an error. Which line is removed from the passenger's diary, then? It's nothing significant. It's something like your team's going to be the first team to be on site and you'll be moving in two groups. And that line, you'll be moving in two groups, has just been omitted from this version. I don't know why. But at the same time, they've fixed some errors in the text descriptions that never made sense in the original. Like when you examine the uh, the leeches in the eggs before the hatch, they've changed the wording so it sounds better now, it's better English. But my original point was, why couldn't they add some more files? Mm-hmm. I don't think that would have been too much to ask. Talk of Brandon Bailey? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, that would have been a cool link up, yeah. And even the beginnings thing, I mean, like you say, I don't think it would have been as big an effort as no. what you might think, because like you say, all the assets were there, all the environments were there. The only thing they would have had to create would have been a model for the Ivan T-103. Yes. Yeah, but then they could have just did that from Umbrella Chronicles. They'd yeah. have been able to export it and just import it into the... And you could have used all the Umbrella Chronicles cutscenes as well. So, one of the key features of HD Remaster of Zero, which has been generally well praised by the entire community, is the availability of costumes for Rebecca Chambers. This is something I know, uh, Stars Tyrant, you were very keen to illustrate with all of us as to the different varieties that are available. Did you want to talk us through about what costumes are available for Rebecca in particular? What's interesting about this game is that I've always been a bit critical of Capcom's costumes in the past. I mean, you've only got to go to, like, the Revelations port on the PlayStation 3 and you just have ridiculous pirate costumes. And the costumes in Resident Evil 5, for example, were pretty useless. I mean, the Chris's Road Warrior one I wasn't really keen on. You just had some really bizarre costumes through the years. And what this game has is they've sort of gone away from the, the silly gimmicks and they've gone for a sort of more historical sort of approach. So what they've done with Rebecca, Billy's a bit neglected, but what they've done with Rebecca is that they've um, put in every single costume she's ever worn in the series... You can change them in real time through the menu, so you don't have to go to a closet or anything like that. And what you've got is you've got like a 96 PS1 costume, the advanced mode costume from the director's cut, the cheerleader costume from Deadly Silence, the basketball attire costume from Wesker's photo that he has on his desk in, in Resident Evil 2. That's just It's really, really extensive. But I think the uh, the cream of them all is definitely the prototype costume, which I don't think anybody expected right up until the release date. It was a, it's a really cool thing to see the Nintendo 64 Resident Evil Zero costume for Rebecca. So they've you know they've really outdone themselves with that sort of content, and I just wish they would have that approach more. Yeah. 
to costumes in the series. Almost with anything as well, because I, I'm not a huge fan of costumes, but I almost feared that there was nobody at Capcom that, w- that would have even known of that basketball photograph, you know? Um, so just the fact that just representing something from the, the past, and not just from the past, that type of Easter egg that only, you know, us real ner- RE nerds would have searched for and would have appreciated, I, I think it's fantastic that they're using that again. Especially with the homage, I said the uh, the basketball. Yeah, they probably never even made a model for it, apart from you know the artistic impression in the game. Um, it's just a shame that Billy hasn't had the same same sort of thing. He has a, a very silly. Um, I, I can't even remember the game it's from, but like a, a cyborgy sort of Brotherhood uh, Wolf something. I can't remember. That goes back to the original point that Billy, he's such a throwaway character. Mm. He had a bit of potential, didn't he, with a kind of MP guard, and you get a lot of backstory within the game itself, only for him just to go, yeah, see you later, okay, bye. And that's it, so you don't have that ability to have costumes, which you know, which is more of a metaphor, really, for his role than the actual ability to change his costume. But yeah, it's unfortunate that they haven't expanded his role. Perhaps it might have, might feel a bit small world syndrome if he appeared in future games which you, you want to try and get away from but it's, it's a shame there's nothing they could have put him in an MP guard outfit mm. uh, there could have been options they've put in him wearing like a jail cell costume which is based on um, Cody from Street Fighter that's about the most interesting really what about other characters in the game is it just the playable characters that have costume changes none of the other characters do as a result of you changing the costume no, no not at all actually no well, there's only three in-game character models anyway, isn't there? Rebecca, Billy, and Edward. Yes. Yeah, because Enrico's represented through yeah. FMV, isn't he? That's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, I don't even think. Yeah, Marcus think. is only shown as a monster, isn't he? He's not actually his character model, or is not Western made. Birkin as well, they're in cutscenes only. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, that. That's interesting. Wow, I never yeah. noticed that before. No, I've never noticed that before. No, not at all. And I think certainly one of the big things when Zero first came out on GameCube remake didn't have traditional FMVs. There wasn't a defining point where you go, ah, the graphics suddenly got better. It all kind of flowed, didn't it? It was always that superior quality. Zero had the point where, you know, it, it stopped. Like in the bit where the Eliminator attacks Rebecca by the tram. Mm-hmm. You know, the quality of the graphics improves dramatically. That's not yeah. to say the original graphics were poor, but it's interesting that remake didn't have that. The only time the characters in remake are represented through FMV is like the beginning and the ending. Every other time, the FMV is used for, um, you know, just like environmental changes, um, whereas in Zero, it's actually used as quite a big storytelling device. Mm. Although, obviously, you get the superior graphics, and they're great to look at, and I remember the first time I saw the FMV of the Scorpion just before the, the fight, the initial bursting through the top of the roof, and you get the light fitting falls on the floor, and I thought it looked spectacularly sharp, but it then kind of makes you aware of the cutscenes that just use the in-game models, they just then kind of look like a poor man's cutscene compared to those ones. I can remember at the time playing the game and almost feeling, why are these ones FMVs and these ones not? You know, did they run out of money, you know, at this stage so they can only use in-game cutscenes? And yeah. I mean, we talk, you talk about how, like, the FMVs are so much better than the in-game sort of stuff, but to me, and this isn't an FMV, but when you're walking on the roof of the train towards that thing to repair it or something, that looks amazing. That does the rain go on you and the trees going by that's that's fantastic looking yeah. the interesting thing is with the HD version is now I actually think we've hit a point like with the upgraded character models and the HD backgrounds I actually think the game looks worse when we go into FMVs now because yeah. yeah. I think the new character models are so much sharper than they were before that when you go into the sort of grainy, you know, yeah. non-HD FMV you sort of want to go back to the in-game models <laughs> 
One question I had about the in-game cutscenes. I only play on the 16x9, and I've noticed some of the in-game cutscenes have the fisheye view effect that you had in Remake in some scenes. Is that present in the 4x3 as well? Only in, I think, one shot I noticed it on, and it's where the... God, what's the name in the millipede? Centurion. Centurion bursts through the um, grate. It looks just odd. What do you mean by fisheye? It was present in certain scenes in Remake. The first one in Zero is where you use the hook to open up the trapdoor to crawl through the vent to get in the freight car of the Ecliptic Express. Yeah. And when the scene plays that shows the character unlocking the hatch, instead of getting a full view of the screen, you get like a circular view where the outside of the screen is just completely blacked out. Oh, I've noticed that. that. I've not seen that yet. So if you play it on 69, because well, that's what I do a lot. Oh, I've not tried it in 4x3, so I don't know if it's the same. Can I just ask something very quickly that Sean said about playing 4x3? Because I tend to play 16 by 9 and then, Sean, you mentioned there was a reason you play 4x3 because... Yeah, it captures the original, you know, director's vision. Like They chose they carefully those camera angles and that's how they framed yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And to lose detail top and bottom feels like a betrayal of their original vision. It's the opposite yeah. of like when we used to have 4x3 films, but you could buy the widescreen version because that's what was originally filmed. It's that kind of thing. I've always been a bit of a purist for aspect ratios. It's one of the things I'm pretty pretty anal about with regards to watching and playing things. No, I, that's interesting. I didn't appreciate that point that I'm losing. I didn't realise maybe how much I was losing with 16.9 on a, on a video game. Now, is that a betrayal of their vision, Sean, or a betrayal of your vision? Shinji Mikami in the remake, he had to approve every single camera angle. His team will, you know, obviously they've got the environments to explore in 3D. They'll capture an image and then they'll present it to him or whatever and he'll overlook it and he'll say, yep, that's the angle I want. If you're then playing it in 16.9, you're effectively cropping the top and bottom of the screen, which means you're losing detail. Although the game does a very admirable job, and it is a good job, the 16.9 version isn't irrelevant. It's very clever how it tilts and pans to follow the action. But the point is you're always losing information all the time. But on the flip side of that, though, you could argue that because the image is slightly zoomed in, you can pick up detail from the environments yeah. that you wouldn't normally see on the 4x3. You're quite right. What, there's like two little eerie little dolls on the fireplace in the dining room, isn't there, which I've missed before. Like in Zero, for example, someone... I can't remember who did it now, but someone extracted a texture from one of the guest rooms in the train, and it says... There's like a plaque on the wall that says... The train was designed by Vincent Gallo in 1933 or something, and that was obviously completely unreadable in the original version, but on the 16 by 9 camera, you can actually read it on the wall. That's awesome. That'll be a question of the quiz, that (laughs) It swings and roundabouts, but I I always prefer to go with the original as intended. Yeah. It's a shame it wasn't designed by George Trevor. (laughs) Well, it was based on the Orient Express, I think, so it was a bit before his time. Uh, Oh, was it? I didn't know that. 16 by 9 camera I enjoyed. There's just one issue with it, the bit where you go in the classroom and you have to turn the lights off and get the clock winder from the deer's head on the ceiling because the camera zoomed in on the 16.9 version when you turn the lights off. It actually cuts it off so you can't see it flickering in the darkness. So if you've never played the game before, you'll never spot that clue unless you're playing in 4x3. See, I'm a, I'm a bit of a purist with aspect ratio, so I, I do play in the 4.3 version. When considering the environments, the new detail in this, we are at a potential pinnacle. Realistically, as you said, it can't necessarily get any better with the detail. Does it add to the atmosphere other than just go, oh, that looks nice, let's go and have a look at that? That's a really good question, because I sometimes almost felt, playing Remake HD, that almost felt that some rooms had lost some atmosphere. 
And I don't know if, again, if we if it's just nostalgia and that's why we prefer remake to the training facility because it was the first game we played. That's, that's, that's an interesting point, yeah. But I don't want to keep thinking about remake because I was just thinking of the George Trevor crypt almost feels more atmospheric when you've got the slight grain and mist playing it on the GameCube. When it's all been remodeled on the HD and you can see it, I'm trying to think if there's any equivalents in... Do you in... know what? The minute you mentioned that, it took me back. A couple of years ago, I really got into the Silent Hill franchise because I, I had the demo of it on Metal Gear Solid 1. And it used to terrify me. And so I kind of picked up Silent Hill Collection and I bought the original Silent Hill on the PlayStation. And despite everyone loving Silent Hill 2 and 3, less so 4, I've sold them all except Silent Hill 1. Because in my opinion, the lack of graphics, the fact that they had to use that kind of fog technique to kind of cut to mask, you know, the lack of, you know, processing power of the PlayStation made it far more atmospheric because mm. your mind filled in the rest. Mm. Honestly, everyone over and over, Silent Hill 3, it's great, Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2 I found really laborious and just nowhere near as atmospheric as Silent Hill 1. That was the kind of basis of my question as to whether too much detail has made yeah. it a bit more. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But because they had all the original assets, every single angle in Zero is pre-rendered. There's no completely redone areas like there were in Remake. Oh, that, yeah, I, th- I noticed that. Yeah, because I think in, yeah, in some areas of Remake, they completely took a pre-rendered background and, and all rebuilt it with polygons like they did with Resident Evil 4, like the George Trevor crypt. And to me, yeah, it did lose some of the atmosphere. Maybe that's why, yeah, with Resident Evil 0, I can't think of any examples because they didn't do that. It's I think just, it yeah. was interesting to note that Revelations 2, which clearly had a, a significantly less budget than most of the big Resident <clears throat> Evil games, I found that probably yes. the most atmospheric game. Of recent uh, times, of yeah. Of recent times. yeah. Again, your mind does the rest, you know, it's dark, it's dingy, you know, you can't really see what's going on in that prison at the beginning, mm. and, and it's think, bloody scary. Yeah, it's probably hard to get the balance between that and blandness, because, you know, Batman finds Code Veronica bland, and I know there are people that find Dead Aim bland, and uh, I think, yeah, it's personal preference with that. But speaking about imagination, I think Zero is one of the best in terms of the environmental text descriptions you get, because... Yeah. Most of the zombies in Zero are the sort of the umbrella investigation teams that preceded you in the training facility. And like you go in various rooms where like bookshelves have been ransacked and gurneys have been overturned and you go up to them and it says someone's done this recently. You know, someone has lit this fire recently. Someone was searching for something here. Yeah. And when I was reading those, I was remembering what you were said, John, about why you liked the first Resident Evil game, that it was like an investigation. Yeah, but little things like that just fire up your imagination and do you think that's somewhat lost on it though how do you mean because you don't see you're spot on in that in terms of the descriptions and the fact that it was the uss that were there before you know doing their research do you think that the game would have benefited from an additional scene showing them enter because no. as i said I no think... I, like, I like ambiguity yeah i think gaming it's like when you get a remake of something sacred you know if you take the Japanese version of The Ring, which is an iconic horror film, you've got a very, you know, the Japanese version plays very ambiguous, and uh, Gore Verbinski's American remake adds entirely new subplots to help understand the story, you know, and it, it, it's just nonsense. And I just, you know, sometimes, you know, the fact that a lot of that text is hidden unless you actually do go up to the ransacked bookshelves and use I think it's quite a rewarding thing and it rewards the players who do like to go the extra mile if you want to rush through it then that's fine there's nothing but you will miss good descriptions and, and aspects of the story it's 
Yeah. You know, but, it's a little bit like the Souls series by From Software has I, so I, much I, of the story tied in descriptions in, of items and things. I just wonder if it's a bit too subtle in that, as I said, I, I don't have any lasting impression or m- memories of the zombies going around the training facility, but around the remake, you know they're former researchers by the way what they're wearing, they're slightly different and you read these reports and stuff and I wonder if it's a bit too subtle. I like that though because like the room you have to set the clock to a certain time to unlock it. It's on like the first floor balcony and there's a fire in the fireplace and there's books all over the floor. All it says when you go up to the fire is someone lit this fire recently. You know, someone has searched through this bookshelf and that's all it needs because it gets you thinking. It's like, right, was it the Queen Leech? Was it the Umbrella Investigation teams? You know, who's been in here? So it's kept vague and it's subtle where yeah. it's like, it, it sort of promotes your imagination that instead of it being like, oh, what's out there beyond the fog or whatever, it's more like, who's done this? You know, you know someone's done it, but you like, who's lit this fire? It gives you great discussion points, yeah. which is, you know, exactly the kind of thing which fuels these podcasts, because, you know, ambiguity is, you know, is, is a great thing. But I so, just wonder yeah. if it had benefited from one scene where you're still exploring and one of the um, USS team is still alive, or about to turn. Yeah, I think the game would have benefited for having a few more NPC characters. Mm. But you could definitely say with regards to like the environmental description, you know, if there's one thing the series has, has truly lost, and it doesn't yes. matter like in Revelations 2 how much atmosphere they bring back or how many puzzles they try and shoehorn in, one of the biggest losses is the, the detailed files and the you know, environmental description is probably the biggest thing we've lost. It does backfire sometimes, because this version is so crisp. Like, <laughs> I think it's the bar area in the train, you can actually read the menu on the side, it says something like English roast beef, but the text description says, today's special is shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, though. No, I think you're right about the description. Something like Revelations 2. You instinctively, as you're playing it, want to spend a long time exploring the cells, for example. They've all got a different story, like, uh, you know, a prisoner here, you know, you say he's been scratching at the walls or something like that. In Survivor, I think you even get, like, a brief description for each child you examine, don't you? Or something. Mm. But yeah, like Revelations 2, like, think of the mansion, uh, Alex's mansion at the end, the underground one. Oh. How much they could have extracted from that, and I don't even think you can interact with anything there. No. They started phasing it out in the first Revelations game. There was a couple of things that you could examine, and then Resident Evil 6 had nothing at all. Because and... 5 has quite a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you can look at the blooded chainsaws and the animal carcasses and things like that. It's actually pretty good. But it's such a simple thing. Like, for me, you know, if there's a library, for example, and you walked up to a bookshelf and it just said, these books are all about chemistry, that would do me. <laughs> <laughs> These books are all about healing plants of North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice, like that. You know, that's all it needs. This is one thing that worries me about the remake of the second game. Because the police station's such a wonderful location, but if it's literally just going to be a over-the-shoulder third-person <laughs> thing where we whiz through some corridors, then you're going to lose all that detail, all that you know, all that interaction. You know, you're not going to be able to go through the uh, briefing room and you know use the side, and it, you know, isn't it like you know you get things like a coffee cup still warm at some point, and you sense from Revelations too that you weren't quite sure as to the pacing at times because the environments beg to be explored. But at the same time, they wanted you to progress onwards. Yeah. Whereas I think in other games like Six, they just you know just wanted you to go through. Yeah. Go, don't worry about it. Just drive. It's... But there's so much to see, like around exploring that village. You know, all these kind of mini hubs that they kind of put in the game. It made it feel less linear than it perhaps was. Yeah, because one yeah. of the best things in um, the fishing village is in Revelations 2 is where you can actually get the optional building, where which has an optional file. Yes. And you know when you actually read it, you think, if 
fucking hell, I've actually had to go out my way to get this. You know, it's yeah. actually rewarding to find this building. So they're thinking and, about it, but I don't think they've, they've quite got the idea as to how much they should, can go back to that route or how much they stick to what has, you know, actually been quite a successful formula for them in 6 and 5 and 4. So we shall see with Remake. Because people, like you said, you know, people will want those descriptions. People will want it to be a faithful remake and little details well, you, like, you know, you, all the windows cracked or something like that. You maybe know, maybe with the, um, you know, the big rise of all these games, like walking simulators as they're called, you know, like uh, Gone Home and Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, which promotes a lot of that going through the environment, you know, examining things and, you know, opening drawers and finding a, you know, page of something. You know, maybe, maybe Capcom will look at that, uh, the success of these, because they're very popular. It's a very, very popular genre now. I think they need to do a proper focus group before they even commit yeah. to doing something major for Remake 2. But okay. anyway, we digress, we digress. George, you um, you have the special collection for PlayStation 3. Yes. Do you want to tell us a bit about the Zero version of that? Yeah. It's nice. The first thing I noticed, which I quite liked, was that it comes with an alternative sleeve, which has got the Wesker mode characters. So it's got Wesker and Rebecca on the front with an alternative costumes. And so that's quite nice. And then inside, it's got... Yes, it's got this letter, an invitation, which I desperately tried to open to try and get the letter inside, and I couldn't. You know, I didn't want to destroy it. But, I mean, I've actually, since I have managed to open it, I've scanned it, but Batman, I think, has got a translation. Yeah, it doesn't say much. It's just basically a letter from James Marcus to all the researchers working in the training facility that they have to, you know, stay loyal to Umbrella, and he's worried about information leaks, really. It's... He's basically threatening any staff that leaks any information from the training facility with severe consequences. It's a nice little insight into his future paranoia with Spencer. That's nice. I mean, it's so nice. consider that canon. Well, it's it's just a little. It's just irrelevant, really. It doesn't add anything to the story. You could consider it canon if you wanted to. It's from Capcom. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it looks nice. It doesn't look like some of this stuff looks like you know Capcom just you know sent it out to some third party marketing agency that just you know knocked it up. But uh, this is nice. Nice quality. The letter. It's stick paper and it's you know it's on proper headed umbrella lettered headed paper. The, oh, there's a really nice little badge. You know the little metal badge that the guy's got on his suit, the umbrella worker in the opening scene on the train. He's got like a little. Um, umbrella suit pin like a tie pin but it sort of goes on a suit do you know what i mean lapel yeah yeah like a lapel brooch it's got one of those which is quite cool and then it's got this stars handbook which i thought was just a basic diary but it's quite nice because it is the year's diary but it's quite well made and then it's got these little files at selective sections during the year which i presume are, uh, they're in japanese but i presume they they correspond with the files because they're, they're dated and they're at particular parts but there's quite a few of them i need to go through and count them there seems to be more than the in-game files because i wasn't sure if it was quite a few files because there also seems to be some sort of timeline in there as well i was going to do some scans and, and send them to you guys Cool. So, um, does anyone have any input about the sounds? Normally, that'd be something I would normally comment on. For um, a remaster of a what you would assume was a stereo game, this actually mm. does have full volume controls, including like a, you know you can affect the subwoofer volume and that. And uh, I've listened to it. I've got a reasonable surround system, and it does work really well. You know, it it puts the sound effects where the zombies are relative in the camera angle, so it actually shifts as the camera angles do. It's quite good. I didn't notice any remixes because I think there's at least one sort of remix, isn't there, in Remake when you go into the residence and it's a different track to the one on the GameCube version. I think it's just because the sampling's wrong, isn't it? It's what, on the remake? Yeah, yeah. there's a few, it's four or five tracks, is it, which run at twice the speed they should do. 
Yeah, I've heard this, but I'm I'm sure it's a different type. It's a different track. When no. you go into the residence. No, it's it's just speeded up. It's the same music. It's just speeded up. Really? Yeah. And that's oh, that's an error. It's very noticeable. The music where you first meet Rebecca in the infirmary. That's the one that stands out the most. So I think what we can do now is wrap things up with people's favourite moment, as is traditional in all our P podcasts. If anyone can remember what they said the first time round, I have no, <laughs> I have no interesting idea. Interesting to compare them. It may be an interesting for people that have actually played. My view is obviously irrelevant because I haven't played the HD version, so I think I said the whole first section in the train. That still remains my favourite, So, but that's pointless. So for the people who have played the HD version, uh, Batman, what would you say your favourite moment? Um... I don't know. I can't even remember what I said last time. <laughs> I'm just pleased with the overall quality of the game, really. I think the training facility, main hall in particular, looks absolutely stunning. And I've always liked the bit where you leave the observatory and go across the bridge over the lake yeah. towards the church. I thought that's always looked good. So the loading times are a lot quicker as well than the remake HD. I'm just pleased with how this version's turned out. George? So. Yeah, I, I love that scene as well that Batman mentions when you come out of the facility and you walk across the river. And, and the music as well really reminds me of, of the atmosphere in Resident Evil 2, just on the streets of Raccoon City. And maybe slightly disappointed, I think Sean made the point, yeah, that I felt that after a while you realise that actually all the stunning, beautiful scenes don't really actually improve the gameplay and, and you're still left with some of the frustrations. Um, but I'm pleased they did this, Re- really pleased. Uh, Stars Turn. Can't think of um, any particular moment of, of the game. It'd be interesting to go back to the, the last discussion, but for me, it's certainly just being genuinely blown away by the presentation. It, mostly the character models. I can't believe how good you know the characters look now. You know, I said earlier, this looks better artistically than some games released today, which mm. is, is is testament, if nothing else, to the the strength of Capcom's artists of you know 14, 15 years ago. High praise. Um... Mr. Spence, I don't think you, you haven't played the HD version, have you? I'm afraid not, no. <laughs> so, can you remember what your favourite moment was last time? If not, enlighten us uh, anyway. Um, well, there's quite a few, isn't there? Like, I like the bit where you're climbing on top of the train and the rain looks nice. And from a technical standpoint, I'd say that's my favourite bit because of how nice it looks. But the part I liked the least was okay. the centipede fight, the boss fight, the centipede. I thought the boss fights in this game were pretty underwhelming. So in terms of scoring, again, as we go back to a, a point that we raised right at the beginning, how are we reviewing this? Are we reviewing it as a game or as an HD package? So out of 10, let's just reserve it maybe for the people who have played the HD game because they can actually review it. So Batman out of 10, what would you give it? Um, I'm presuming I scored it highly last time because I like zero. So <laughs> I've got to give it a 9. It just As a HD package, it's apart from the FMVs, it's... 100% success for me. Everything looks beautiful. It's the best looking game in the series. The train section is probably one of the best segments in the entire series. It's got pre-rendered old style gameplay with tank controls. And apart from the fact that it's got shitty bosses, a leech for a main villain, and questionable story, it's brilliant. I don't understand why people hate it. Yeah, the leech sucks. Uh, George? Uh, marks out of 10. Oh, marks out of 10, so I would give it 7 out of 10, and that, that's the remake skin dragging it up, I think. But there, there are certain things, John mentions them, I won't repeat them, but that I'm pleased that, that people do appreciate some of the things about Resident Evil that, that stand it out alone, that, that are strong. Some, yeah, some of the environments, the locations in the training facility are some of the best in the series in terms of the atmosphere. I really like the area where you do the puzzle where you like the different animals. 
that's very atmospheric. So yeah, yeah, there's some great artistry in it, like Sean says. It's a good, solid survival horror game. Star Siren? This is a bit of a surprise for me, um, because I think I gave it a 7 last time. I would actually upgrade it to an 8 now, and there's two reasons for that. And that's that's, that's the whole game, not just looking at it from a, a HD point of view. I think the, the restoration is stunning. You know, we thought the remake was pretty good, but this is something else. But I think as well, I think time's been bizarrely kind to it, because the more gaming has become dumbed down and, you know, handheld, you see more people embracing games like From Software's Dark Souls series. And I think we're reaching a point now where gamers like to think for themselves a little bit more. And I think this game is probably more relevant now than it has been the last few years, certainly since its release. Um, so I'm going to upgrade it to an 8. It's still got problems, but what better phrase can you say over a, a HD remaster than it has actually improved my opinion of the game? Okay, well, if everyone's had their thoughts... That finishes our discussion. Um, so without further ado, we'll now move on to this podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. New format. New questions. And new challenges. broadcast a new quiz to test the resolve. Neptune's Biohazard Quiz! Playing this week are... Batman! Star's Tyrant! George Trevor! And Mr. Spencer! So, welcome to this week's Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. We have five brand spanking new questions to ask our podcasters to test their knowledge of Biohazard. We have an eclectic mix of questions, so if everyone wants to clear their desktops, you can open up Notepad. So, question number one. If Genesis is to Resident Evil 1, what is to Resident Evil 2? Could you repeat that? <laughs> I don't understand. That didn't make any sense. I think I know. If Genesis is to Resident Evil 1, what yeah. is to Resident Evil 2? So what game has the same relationship with 2 that Genesis has with 1? I'm not saying anything. I've asked the question, you can interpret it. I don't understand it. <laughs> I think you're asking what game is to 2 that Genesis is to 1. I think I know where it's going with this one. Um, question number 2, let's get you thinking. Every Resident Evil 2 B.O.W. appeared in Survivor except the G creations and what? Can you say that again, though? Yep. Say that Every Resident Evil 2 B.O.W., I'm including secondary infection in that, appeared in Resident Evil Survivor, except the G creations, so William Birkin and Baby okay. G, and that, what? That's a good question. I think I got that. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> question number three. Resident Evil Zero question. What type of creature is a type Y139 B.O.W.? Okay. Uh, question number four. What colour herb is an unused item in Zero? Well, as in, in the beta files or whatever? Yes. Hmm, fucking hell. 
What item in the 64 what? build? No, 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 there's quite a few unused Resident Evil Zero items. And there's a herb that never when... made it. What colour? Oh, wow. Yeah. Have a think about that one. As we move on to question number five, this is very difficult and this is Newsbot inspired. Who was the special investigator assigned to investigate the mansion explosion? I have to be honest. Oh, that's, never... that's a ridiculous question. <laughs> is that in a file? That's, no, not that's file. from one of the Japanese guidebooks that I translated about eight oh, years ago. Jesus. <laughs> That's the most ridiculous question you've ever asked. Yeah, I, I don't know that one. There's no way that's that's not happening. I don't, I don't know that one. Don't it's know. not happening, mate. It's fucking nonsense. That concludes the quiz. Join us after this when we'll run through the answers. Welcome back to the quiz. Let's see how everyone has done. So question number one was this. If Genesis is to Resident Evil 1, what is to Resident Evil 2? Mr. Spencer, you made the beeline for answering first. What was your answer? I think we all know where you would go with that one. You were okay. going for the S.D. Perry novelizations right? each game. Ooh. Genesis was a novelization for Resident Evil 1. No, and it wasn't. Doesn't it? No. <laughs> uh, right. What are you going to uh, say? He might be right. Because I was thinking, right, what's the novelization of Resident Evil 2 that S.T. Perry did? Yep. I think it was called City of the Dead. I could be wrong. Okay. I think it was called that. But my initial worry was like, oh, is that the right name of the book? But now after what Sean said, I'm like, a whole different set of problems. <laughs> That's the answer you put? Uh, it's, I, yeah, I'll go with that. George Trevor, what did you put? I think you were alluding to the fact that Genesis, I, I think I might be wrong. I always thought Genesis was like a retelling, a reimagining of the mansion. So I'm trying to think what was a retelling, a reimagining of RE2. Are you talking about 1.5? Oh no, wait. Oh Christ, Operation Raccoon City? Yeah, because 1.5, I'm going to say Operation Raccoon oh. City. Okay, Stars Tyrant. Well, I think Mr. Spencer is on the right track because I do recall Genesis was the name originally for Paul Anderson's first movie. Right. And it was the name of the novelization. So right. I'm going to say Apocalypse, because that was two. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, that's pretty good. Batman, Batman, what's your answer? I'm going down a different road here, because <laughs> I used to have this on my mobile phone, so I'm going to say Resident Evil Uprising. I love everyone's train of thought. I was on the right track, but John got the right answer. You're correct, it is... Uprising. Because I, do, I don't deal with no non canon crap. Yeah. Well, you like the Genesis then? Genesis is the mobile game of the first game. 
it's got a fantastic George Trevor diary in it that's really it detailed. I've never heard of this before in my yeah. life. What's oh, gone to, yeah, gone to Project Umbrella. I think Neptune has done. It's did you pull the files experts, out? Yeah. The files are brilliant in it. There's a portrait of Edward Ashford as well in the mansion. What? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what the fucking hell is this? Oh, I love this series. Don't get too excited. It's a very shit mobile game. I know, but what is it? I've never fucking heard of this. That was one of those questions where the answers were more interesting than the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just, you know, all the I've never the heard of this before in my fucking life. I'd only heard of it because of George Trevor's diary. That's how. Yeah, I... the George Trevor stuff's really useful, such as the anniversary date that he got married to Jessica. Mobile game. Yeah. I don't mind being wrong on that because me and Sean had a really good sort of theory going on that we sort of worked on that was interesting. And then fucking Nicholson here comes in and goes, Where are you here? But I write a timeline that I uh, read here, this <laughs> Japanese guidebook. So, you know. Am I right in thinking, though, the first S.D. Perry novel was The Umbrella Conspiracy? That's correct. Yeah, that was it, yeah. What was Caliban Cove then? That was the Tri Squad, so oh, fucking hell, it's awful. I'm sure that's <laughs> got Pride of Place on Nick's bookshelf, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's um, zombies wielding rifles, isn't it? Oh my god, Resident Evil Genesis looks terrible. Why do the hunters have purple trousers? <laughs> <laughs> they do. You watch this shit. They look like they're dancing in a fucking ballroom. Resident yeah, Evil files. Uprising had one good file from... Uh, it was it William Birkin sent one to Chief Irons saying where you're going to hide the, the chess pieces? Yep. Yeah. So, question number two is every Resident Evil 2 B.O.W. has appeared in Resident Evil Survivor with the exception of the G creations and what? So this got your noggin going. Uh, we'll start with Star's Tyrant. I really... Uh, I, I'm drawing a blank. I was trying to go through them all and all I could think of is... The maggots that are on the guest computer. Right. Okay. <laughs> I can't think of any of the others because I'm racking through the, the game and I honestly can't think. Okay. George. I initially thought liquor, but I thought that can't be right, and so I'm not going to say that. And I can't. My mind's on a blank. Where's there a liquor in Survivor? But it's clearly is one. Just all I was kind of thinking of when you're. I don't know if it's when you just play Zeta when you're walking through the fannies in the sewers and you've got the um what are they the moths the mm. little flying moth things the roach I, yeah the roaches yeah yeah that's all I can think of yeah I say roach roach okay uh, Batman um yeah I'm struggling as well zombies lickers dogs spiders moth plant forty three it's got to be the little roaches it's got to be yeah mm. I, I'm gonna have to say that I can't think of anything else unless you mean the the big huge plant thing in the lab. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I'll say little roaches then. Who's left? Suspense. I had a couple of answers here, I wasn't sure. Now, I wasn't going to go for liquor, but I was like, I'm sure there's a liquor in it somewhere. And then I thought, right, Mr. X is too obvious. I bet he's in it somewhere. He's obviously got to be in it. But then I'm like, hang on a minute, the Hypnos Tyrant would kind of fill that role. But this was the place where he made the Mr. X's. So it That's, doesn't make yeah. any sense that he wouldn't be in it. So obviously it's not that. I'm going to take a punt and go for liquor. I could be wrong on that, but that's all I've got. Okay. You made me question it. I thought <laughs> the answer that I put was moth. There is no moth. Yeah, the moth, the moth is in it. Oh, Jesus. No, they're... No, <laughs> hold on. In the fucking basement of the prison before Just you Just kill go. yourself, no, Nick. They're ro- wow. They're roaches. No. The no, moth is in... It's the giant moth. Survivor. Are you sure? Yes. The moth is in... I will find you the footage. It's in the, it's in the sewer of the fucking prison. Are you sure? Because there's a... Before you fight the alligators... I thought you'd all say alligator, but there we go. Are you sure? Because I distinctly remember it all being roaches coming out on the wall. He doesn't even know his own question. Fucking hell. Just, no, just let me get it. I'll get you the link. Nick. 
It's been like this for so long that he doesn't even do his fucking research. Yeah, um, I, I thought you were making it up. There are more, so I thought you were desperate for the coin. I only like to try and speak facts. Uh, Jesus, Nick. Okay, so the answer is there isn't any. They're all there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the one time Batman agrees with me, I thought, well, I'm definitely going to get this right. The magazines aren't in there from the computer. <laughs> it's the closest we got, I guess. So but. Sean kind of got the answer right, actually. Yeah, yeah go on, Sean got the point. <laughs> yeah, so you bring your questions and we sort of tell you what the answer's on it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, point, points to Sean there. That's, 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 that's a Q&A session. So what was Sean's answer? The maggots, oh, the maggots. wasn't able to. Well, well. Yeah, the ones that you have to shoot so you can use the guest PC. Oh, well done, pal. Well done, that, <laughs> Great, <that's> thanks. <laughs> well earned points. <laughs> Apologies, listeners, that was down to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't cover this up. Yeah. You can't fix this. <laughs> we can by going on to question number three, yeah, which is what type of creature is the type Y139? Fairly easy question. Mr. Spencer, did you know this one? It's the Stinger. Okay, Batman. It's the Crustacean, B-O-W. George Trevor. Crustacean you never see, which I think was a mistake. I think they meant to make it the stinger, but it's, it's the crustacean. We only see it in a file. And Star Starrant? Oh god, I actually thought it was the scorpion. Oh, points to Batman and George oh. Trevor. It's oh, like crustacean so. B.O.W. that is never seen in the game. You say it's meant to be seen in a file? God, it shows how far I've come, doesn't yeah. it? But you find it, I think, in, in that little room before the scorpion battle. I think that that was a continuity error, that it should that they were referenced. Because you always get a file, don't you, that references the B.O.W. coming up and maybe a weakness that it has. Because it even mentions the same weakness at the head that the scorpion has. It does. I think it's referencing S.D. Perry's novel of Capianco, because there's a crustacean B.O.W. in that, I think. Yeah, I think you must be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, points there for Batman and George Trevor. So, question number four was, what colour herb is an unused item in Resident Evil Zero? Mr. Spencer, what did you put for that one? I put yellow. You put yellow, Batman. Pink. George? Well, I guessed and put yellow. In the RE2 demo, there's a pink spray. There's a herb spray that's pink that you never right. see. But I don't think there's a pink herb. I thought, thought it was yellow. And Star Stone? I thought it was yellow, to be honest. Yeah. Point to Batman, it's pink. Oh, no. fucking hell. And a herb, you're not thinking of the pink spray, in... no. No. Nope. See, my memory served me well there. What did, um, what did that do? Did that actually have an effect? No idea. I wasn't sure if there was supposed to be another type. A bit like what the yellow herb does in Resident Evil 4. I wondered if it was going to have the same effect. That kind of restore health, or as a, you know, increase your health as opposed to just restore it. Anyway, question number five, I think it's very difficult, but I think Batman probably knows the answer. Who was the special investigator assigned to investigate the mansion explosion? Mr. Spencer, did you know this one? James Woods. I don't know. James <laughs> Stars? Yeah. I have no idea. George? Absolutely no idea. Batman? Oh, I can't remember. I think it's Darren somebody. I've no idea. Close. It's Damien... Remember? Aflonsky uh, or something. Ashkenazi. 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 Damien Ashkenazi. Yeah. So, let's see the final scores. This week's winner with three points. It's Batman. Well done, Batman. Thank you. Uh, joint second, George and Stars Tyrant with a solitary point. And uh, Mr. Spencer coming up the rear with zero. <laughs> beg your pardon. <laughs> Omni shambles of a quiz. <laughs> shambles, shambles. Omni shambles of a quiz. It was, it was. Anyway, join us next time when we'll have some better questions.
don't need better questions. You just need questions you know the answers to. <laughs> Have people stopped sending you questions now? I'm afraid so. I'm afraid this is the problem, you see. So um, that does pretty much conclude our Resident Evil Zero podcast. I suspect we will reconvene when um, Umbrella Corpse comes out. Oh god, I forgot about that. I know, and I think whether we're going to be pleasantly surprised, that's a big statement, that is a big statement, but there is a comment from DC Douglas on Twitter where someone says, is there story elements in this game? And DC Douglas gives a wink, suggesting that he uh, he obviously knows a lot of what he's been saying for the game, so perhaps there is some story elements that we're going to be discussing. I'm sure for the life of God we're not going to be talking about how great the game is. That has to be out the window, but there could be some serious storyline implications in moving forward, as we think this is set after Resident Evil 6, is it? Yes, it is. So it will be the latest entry. So we'll probably reconvene then. Please send me questions for the quiz. As you can see, we are struggling. <laughs> and uh, if anyone wants to comment on Umbrella Corpse, then uh, by all means, we will look forward to MP3 calling certainly over a game of that nature. This is a call out to Vito. Come on, this we, is know, a, yeah. we know you're we know you're really pleased with uh, Umbrella Corpse. <laughs> Your type of game, anyway. Anyone else, give us a shout and uh, drop us a line on the usual channels. Formats. Yes, the usual channels. And yeah, um, on that note, it's uh, it's goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from me, Stars Tyrant. Goodbye from me, George Trevor. And goodbye from me, Mr. Spencer. <laughs>